I hope you've got your booze ready because I sure I've got mine. You what? You know, booze, alcohol, you remember? Fuck, I did not remember, no, but... Yeah. Uh, I've well, got I a 24-ounce beer I could bring in here if I'm supposed to be boozing. <laughs> I take this seriously. Let me go Let me go grab something. Hang on. All right, I'll be right back, too. <laughs> All right, well, I'm having a conversation with myself. I, I've just finished the last of the vodka you bought when you came over. Uh, Holy shit, you're kidding me. <laughs> no, I kept it, yeah, because it was, you know, it wasn't the best. No. It was, that. It was, and, uh, yeah, so, was it Smirnoff or Stolichnaya? Yeah, Smirnoff, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I haven't kept it, you know, I haven't drink my mood. <laughs> and I just I opened my, you know, my cabinet. I was like, well, fuck, I'm just going to, you know, empty this shit, get rid of the bottle. It's been there for years. Man, so yeah. To quote Barry, I can't believe. <laughs> wow, that's impressive, man. I'm, I don't know to be touched or horrified that you still have that. That's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I, well, um, like I, I was saying, Griff, you know, I was keeping it for a special occasion. So yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> special. Uh, yeah, um, I had to dig through my fridge to find some. I, I thought we had some beer, but we don't. So we have some. I have a half. I have a full glass of red wine poured. And I also have a half a bottle of white wine next to it, so oh, <laughs> we'll I I'm jealous. Two. I was looking for wine because you know beer isn't gonna get me. I, I need to catch up to as I feel yeah. like. And I need to go ahead and start imbibing. Actually, so. yeah. You know, actually, I've I've been drinking a champagne. You know, as you guys says, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, some very high level one actually called uh, Tetanger. It's some uh, some pretty good some pretty good brand. You nice. Know? I had like you know I don't know four or five glasses. It's uh, Jeez. yeah, yeah. I really gotta catch up. I gotta start just down this. Some on the show today. That's the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm pretty. You know, yeah. You're in celebration or something. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, Sunday. <laughs> yeah. It, it was my it was my birthday a few days ago. So and since it's so close to Christmas, that's right. So uh, yeah, I went to over to my mom's place with some of my family and. We had a cake and, you know, champagne to celebrate it since cool. I'm 30, you know. It's like a big, you know, <clears throat> big occasion or whatever. That's right. I was going to ask. I didn't know if you were 30 or 29. I knew you were younger than me, but I didn't know how much younger. So Just a girl. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Whenever I first met you, I always I kept thinking you were like three years older than me. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You thought I was 27 when we met. Yeah. yeah. Shit, actually 27. God. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like just twenty three or something. Right, right. Man, it's been a while. It's cause you it's cause you act like an old you talk like an old man and you kinda act like an old man. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't take that critically. It's it's just a fact. No, I don't mind. It it, it kinda makes me laugh. You know, you know my father bought me a coat for my uh my birthday and it's uh it's like a hunting coat, you know, the kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, people that are fifty wear, you know. Right. Does it have multiple pockets for multiple shells yeah. and like all that kind of stuff? It, it has like it has a pouch at the back to put in rabbits, you know. Oh my god. Yeah, rabbits and pheasants and whatever. And I'm like, you know, shit. That's kind of that's kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's, it's pretty cool. I don't know what I'm going to put in all these pockets, but I'm sure I'll, I'll buy some knives and you know, multi tools and whatnot. And if you happen to come across some roadkill while you're walking to the train, you can just stuff it in your back pocket. I mean, yeah, yeah. The other day, you know, I saw uh, fuck, I even forgot the name. You know, some kind of animal that's a bit like uh, shit. 
Fuck, I can't even remember the name. God. It's some big deal. <clears throat> you know, some animals that eat wood, you know, and make, uh, they build, you know, barrages. Right. Is that a English barrages? Uh, sure. <clears throat> you know, fuck, I'm going to find the word. Give me a second. Uh, beaver, yeah. Beaver, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw some things that was like a beaver and... Uh, you were thinking yeah. of the word barge, barges, I'm guessing. No, 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 I was no, thinking I about the... Okay. Dams. Damn. Yeah, fucking damn, yeah, right. You know, well, you're you know, saying like a, bridge. Yeah, no, I, I, I meant a barrage because you know. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you guys say like a barrage of fire. You know, like when you know military artillery. You know, you know he's you know piling on. You know, I mean, you know, just you know pilloning a, a zone. Right. You know, you just yeah. And so in France, actually, the, the term comes originally from you know a barrage, like barrage, whatever. So it's something that blocks. Like a you know something that blocks away, so it's the same. We use the same term for that and for artillery fire and such. Wow. Yeah, it's and just for beaver dams. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so it's not even a beaver. It's some kind of you know something close to a beaver, but I forgot the the fucking name. Anyways, the other day I was going to the train station and I actually you know stumbled upon a a dead you know animal that was yeah it was a, a kind of beaver. Anyway, it's pretty. I mean, it's uh, you know, where I live. These, these animals don't exist. So mm. it, I was, you know, fucking, you know, flabbergasted or whatever. And uh, but I was late for the train, so I, I didn't have time to stop and take a picture or anything. But it was mm. pre- pretty incredible. And of course, it had been hit by the car, so it's you know, entrails were all over the road. Mm. But otherwise, and I had my fucking you know coat, and <laughs> good, I have, you know, pocket it, it and yeah, it, yeah. It, you know. I guess lunch or whatever. Oh my god! You should, yeah, you should bring a couple of Ziploc bags over there. Do they have Ziploc bags in France? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do actually. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> I love doing that. I'll never get old. Got uh, laser so. pouches and uh, yeah, but I just recently had uh, electricity installed. I don't know if you've heard of it. It allows me to have light, you know, during nights. You know, before that we used you know candle. Oh uh, yeah, to- sure. Yeah, my wife you know, was making wax from, you know, uh, of course, goose, from goose fat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have these things called LED lights, which are kind of replacing a lot of the uh, the old candles people used to use now, <laughs> kind of spreading across the land. Well, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we already have gotten started, so it isn't. I don't really need to do this stupid intro. If you're listening to the show, you already know what show it is, and if you're listening to it, you probably already know what episode it is. So we'll just go ahead and get started. Uh, we don't know what episode it is with the movie like episode. I don't know how that works. Yeah, that was kind of a. I, I probably should have given a number to the first movie review. The reason why is is because we recorded it really like. On top of another actual Skullcast episode, and so I'm just like, "What is review movie one?" That's why I never gave it a number. Uh, we got the episode numbers messed up. Oh, yep. fuck. they're oh, all we completely fucked. Through this. Yeah, well, even, let's just disband. <laughs> even Miura kept his numbered things correct. There's no double episode eighty well, three. You know, yeah, he actually restarted at some point. You know, yeah, mm, that's true. Five, so. What I mean is, he tucked away episode eighty three, but he didn't, you know, add an extra eighty three to make up a numbering system. You know what I mean? True. True. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of 83, episode 333 landed, and I'm looking at the thread right now, and Azil just posted an image. And I think it's what you meant when you said you had an idea about the tree itself. Yeah. And it looks like you were holding it out because, god damn, man, my head is just swimming with 
possibilities right now looking at this thing. And what he's done <laughs> is he's swapped uh, the idea of evil upside down so that its little spiral uh, shape at the bottom of the heart is going upwards and is connected to the, the image of the tree from the Falconia episode. Yeah, I mean, hey, I like it. I, I, I buy it 100%. <laughs> I'll say I like the possibility of it, what it could imply. Because certainly the spiral shape is definitely tied to the idea of evil. I mean, there's no doubt. Also, the brand, of course, has a spiral shape to it, which is, you know, also ties it to the idea of evil. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, makes, well, it makes a lot of sense to connect those two Im- images. Yeah, and I mean, even if you don't take it, you know, literally as it's depicted, I mean, basically when you think, it made me think about the fact that that's actually what's in the tree, essentially. Like, what's, you know, what he's showing below there. Not necessarily the idea of evil in the tree, but I mean, that that realm. Right, right. So He has a vortex. Why... It's what I said in the post is that Kanishka went down there and he brought something back and we don't know exactly what, but it was too big for him and I think... uh, in many ways, yeah, it implies he brought a lot of the vortex backs with him. So, yeah, yeah and I mean, even the shape, the, the spiral shape, you know, mm-hmm. I think the, the name of the tree, you know, the fact it's a world spiral tree, not just a world tree. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it implies, uh, it implies something, you know, akin to that in, in many ways. Even though, to be precise, the kanji used is not the same for vortex as it is for spiral. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I said in the past, yeah, I mean, so what? That's there's still there, there's still uh, the imagery is connected. I mean, even if it's not yeah. the same kanji, they're pulling from the same sort of concept, you know? Yeah, yeah. of course, yeah. Exactly. And, and, and like Griffith said, even though I, I made the picture for fun, but sure. even if you don't take it literally, uh, yeah, it, I think it's pretty clear there's a, a connection, a strong connection between these two. Exactly. And, and the thing is, it's not like we needed those two images to make that connection because it's clear mm. what's happening with the tree is central to the world changing, which is a part of the idea of evil's plan. Obviously, these two things are connected, but visually, you know, to have that motif connected, it makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's just a cool idea to think about. Mm. So, well done. Well, thanks. But the episode itself, you know, this again – he, whenever Mira seems to come back from a break, he just likes to pack a lot of dense material into this thing. This thing moves at a really quick pace, and it just covers a lot of ground uh, and, and new material. I mean, we all expected Rickert to be thrust into the Falcons, and and, and how he how would he react? Well, he kind of you know says, "I was a former Falcon." Like, okay, well that's taken care of. He's, he didn't hide it, you know. And then will they go to Falcone immediately? Yep, they're actually on the doorstep right now. And while they were there, they saw the tree and they they have these uh, uh wing stones popping out of the ground which is a new concept there's just so much here to talk about um but where did you guys want to start what was the most impressive thing for you with this episode how quickly the cockatrees got killed <laughs> he was you know, done <laughs> on page two like literally he was just turned the page and his head's exploding yeah <laughs> with two pages and then the third page they don't even reference him again it's over you know yeah <laughs> and that was funny because it was like the the you know the phony cliffhanger and then all of a sudden yeah he's dead <laughs> you know? I... so i thought that was funny but yeah i you know i wasn't surprised i i figured he'd be dispatched in this episode one way or another and i wasn't even surprised to see them you know, at Falconia at the end. Right. But it, I was surprised is how much, yeah, like you said, how much they packed in here right. in between. Yeah. Yeah. How much uh, dense material, how much insight we get into, you know, where Rickert's mind is at. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, it was it was a really interesting way to sort of get us back, you know, in that frame of mind, you know, 
getting us reacquainted with the characters having Raven be there and, you know, showing his interaction with Rickard. And so, yeah, and then obviously we couldn't anticipate the Wingstones, which was probably the coolest thing that we, I don't know, Yeah, we'll probably talk about them more here, but it's just something where it's like, this. I don't know how significant they're going to be, but it's just sort of uh, another interesting wrinkle to the whole Falconia thing. I'm sure more to come. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get into that, I wanted to say what's interesting is, you know, the last episode, you know, they're being the the wagons are being chased by trolls. They dispatch the trolls, and then a cockatrice comes. And after the cockatrice is dispatched, then they have the harpies come in. And really, they're really layering how dangerous this world is outside of Halcomi's wall. It's not just like one menace. It's a it's a host of these creatures that you just can't escape from. And if you escape from one, you get another one around the corner. It's really just a truly inhospitable environment for humans. Like, and it, you can't, as Redmond says later on, it's not somewhere that humans can prosper in, you know, except yeah. in Falconia. So it, it's, again, it, it's, it's reinforcing this idea that humans don't really have a choice. They're being driven to Falconia. Of course, what will happen ultimately, what the plan is for once they're there, the meeting for them being there is still yet to be un, unfold, unfolded. So, Still a lot of mystery there, but you can you can kind of see the, the state of the world and, and how and this is being an example of how other humans must be living, you know, driven in fear from these monsters. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, the Wingstones. Yeah, there's so much to be said about. Uh, oh, well, before we even get into that, sorry, I wanted to talk about Rickard's state of mind here. You know, we did a lot of discussion about what his decision would be how he might interact with Griffith. But I think the mere fact that Mira has given this little glimpse into Rickard's state of mind, it seems to me that that's going to be directly addressed. Like, Azil, me and you were talking about how likely it is that he'll face Griffith himself, you know, yeah. and what, what would the circumstances be for these two actually meeting each other, you know? I, I, I don't know. I think, to me, the fact that they're even broaching a subject like this makes it seem like they're probably going to have a, a face-to-face at some point. Uh- yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible or anything like that, but, you know, it's obvious Rickard's going to be thinking about what Griffith is, you know, what what he's doing, you know. Like, there are this interaction before in Volume 22, and, of course, uh, Rickard knows uh, Griffith is leading the Apostles and such, so to me, it's obvious there was going to be a reference to Griffith, but I'm still not convinced. I mean, it's not... I'm just, yeah, I'm not convinced he'll definitely meet him. I, I would be fine with that. I'd be, it'd be okay with me either way, but I'm not mm. sure that I have to f- a face to face, you know. Well, it's like I said in the thread. Uh, I don't think, I mean, is Griffith going to be standing at the door to welcome, you know, every peon, you know, coming in? Or is Griffith <laughs> going to be, yeah, I mean, yeah. Or is Griffith going to be, is Griffith going to be taken to him in the, you know, big throne room, you know, with the ominous, you know, light and, you know, gigantic statues and such. Or I don't know in what way it'll take place. I think, of course, you know, uh, it will be addressed in that Griffiths will, you know, Rickett will see Griffiths one way or another. Sure. Be it from far away or from close-up or such. But, yeah, I'm I'm not sure exactly how it will take place. I'm I'm kind of in the opposite, you know, literally the inverse, where it's like I, I, I'm convinced they're going to meet. And I would mind a little, actually, if they didn't. I think that would be, I think that would be more strange. And to me, it's more a question then of sort of Griffith's role. Like, if they're gonna, if they're still too, you know, when they get there, if Griffith is still sort of actively participating in things, you know, we're seeing him talk to characters, getting filled in on what's going on out there, like, there has to be some sort of, you know, powwow between the two of them. Unless Griffith is already some, like, distant figure. That, you know, like, he's, like, become a recluse, you know, instantly in the city. 
mm-hmm. then I it's hard for me to imagine them not you know touching base. Well, yeah. The thing is, you know, I mean, what is New Rory right now in the city? You know, it's Falconia. It's named after him. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is is like you know fashioned after him in this world. Even the wingstones are you know like wings of the falcon. So. What I wonder, actually, is, yeah, is he still uh, close to people? Is he still, you know, walking, uh, you know, among the streets? Is he going to be walking among the streets of Falconia? Or is he in the, you know, mystic dome, you know, being, you know, powering <laughs> some strange thing? Yeah, that's actually my question. I mean, beyond, you know, everything else, that's my question. Yeah. I mean, I-, I could see him, of course, you know, meet with, meet up with Rickert and talk to him and such. But I, I wonder, actually, uh, what his status is. And I think... You know, sooner or later, he will become more of a distant figure. And uh, I don't know if it's taken place yet or not, but uh, I think it's going to happen, you know, at some point. And, yeah, that's more of... That's more what I'm thinking. Like, has it happened yet or is it yet to happen? Mm. Well, he became kind of distant as soon as he... After the Unleashed Your Evil moment, Mm -hmm. where, you know, he's immediately sort of alienated from everyone else, you know. They they show him there by himself. There's a shot, and, you know, the the rabble is, you know, contemplating the fact that, you know, he's controlling these monsters. Is he a monster? And he's not even, like, you know, he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just... He's got this look on his face, like, you know, it's up to Sonya to defend him, but he just seems like, you know, like he's above it all now anyway. And so I guess it's a question of if that's going to be the norm. You know, he did point the way to Falconia, but is he yeah. is he sort of done playing that role he was playing before as Griffith, or is he? Or are we going to go back to that where he's you know, you know, glad handing and you know he's Mister Perfect still? So I guess that's the question. Yeah. So will he be eating cake whenever we see him next? Is basically- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm, it's helping you know the people. It's helping my army. This cake. It's feeding them and making them strong. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Kissing babies. Yeah, I mean, as as everyone that's listening to this knows, there's there's so much yet to be known about the state of Falconia and what things will be like inside the walls. But you know, it seems to me we learned more than anything ever before in this episode. Watching Raban's uh, characteristics and his mannerisms, he's this this guy is basically as devout as Foss was. You know, he's totally yeah. sold on the idea of Falconia, uh, this being humanity's last bastion. You know, against the, in in this new world. Mm-hmm. As that being said, he he seems to be very. I mean, in the way he speaks to Rickert, mm-hmm. he's clearly basically saying like, "Oh yeah, was a, you know, it was a good old days. You know, when we were at war, you know, it was like it was." He's a he he's a bit in a state of despair at the current world. Like Falconia is there, like you said, the last bastion, but. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not like he prefers the world now than what it was, you know, ten years ago. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, Falconia is, yeah, it, it's their last hope, but, you know, it remains something they didn't choose. They, they go there because they have no choice. So I think it shows in uh, Raban's dialogue. You mm-hmm. know? Okay. So while, he, I, I don't think he's actually, yeah, I, I don't think he's really got that, you know, face, you know, uh, for mm-hmm. us where he's, you know, completely like in adoration of, you know, Griffiths. Of course, he's going to be, you know, admirative, but, yeah, I think Raban is more pragmatic. More down to earth. I, I, I hope yeah. that's the case. I just remember one of his lines was the, everyone's like gawking at the tree and the wingstones and he's saying, well, there, there's no reason, you know, we can't be too surprised just yet. There's still quite a bit more to see. He just seems like he's, uh, I don't know, like kind of this like tour guide to this mystical kingdom, you know, yeah. which he kind of is in this, in this sense. 
yeah, so yeah. Guess, could you could you characterize him as? Yeah, you know, I mean, he's more of a pragmatist. Like this is, you know, to him, this is better than Wyndham certainly was. You know, under Ganeshka, you know, when he went to see it, it's not. It doesn't necessarily that he's, you know, so enamored with Falcone and the world as it is. Is like this is just the best bet. You know, you got to come with us because this is the only way to live. Well, since since yeah, for, pretty much, I never, I didn't really think we'd get on Raban so much, but he actually brings up a good point. And he's always been a skeptic since his very first introduction. You know, he and Owen were always skeptical of the of the ruling class of the of the nobility then, and then even whenever uh, whenever uh, the king was sick and he was uh, Raban was wandering the country, he was skeptical of the direction the king was given uh, you know, to, to hunt down Griffith. And so I think he'll he'll be a pretty reliable narrator. Uh, I, I said he was a yeah. devout before, but he, you know he's always been introduced as a skeptical character questioning uh the existence of the current ruling class so yeah i, I can see that continuing yeah i just i, I was a little worried to this episode he looks extremely <laughs> i don't know into it now i don't know well mm. you know i i think it's pretty level-headed when you look at the you know last page or the last you know double page yeah, yeah. you see his his face you know the look in his eyes and actors that attribute to mura's you know mm-hmm. you know art he's like you see the look in his eyes when he's you know telling you know Ricat and erica about you know falconia he, he doesn't look like uh a, a zilla to me you know he looks like he's like yeah this is uh our last hope you know right, right. but you know, but yeah, you know, I mean, you see, there's a gravity in him. He's he's not, you know, like you know, happy go lucky or anything. So I, I think, yeah, I I don't think he's really uh, he's really going to be a fanatic or anything like that. Okay, I'm, I'm, I I misspoke. I agree. Well, I think an but, interesting distinction between someone like Raban and someone like Foss is Foss actually like he might be he might have the same adulation for Femto. You know, he knows the real Griffith. You know, I mean, Griffith kidnapped his daughter. <laughs> And held a ransom, and he admires him, you know, so yeah. it's just a thing where he actually knows Griffith probably better than most of the people in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, actually. I think Foss yeah, like is, if, uh... if Raban knew what was really going on, he probably, you know, he wouldn't be supportive of this and would probably see the, you know, the inherent danger in the whole thing and be suspicious of it. Mm-hmm. Well, well uh... Foss, yeah, I, th- I think Foss is a true believer in the sense that no matter what's going to happen, Force is probably going to remain behind Griffith. I mean, maybe not. Unless he's going to uh, eat him, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like <laughs> maybe he'll find himself uh, some conscience or whatever. But I think at this point, he's in for the long haul, you know. Yeah. Uh, even in volume uh, 17, when, you know, everything was going on, the king was dying, the cushions were invading, Force was still, like, obsessed with Griffith. And I, I think uh, he was traumatized and you know, I mean, he was already traumatized when Griffiths was human. Now that he's a dummy god or whatever, he, he's you know, I, I don't see Force, I don't see Force betraying the master. So I think he's going to be in uh, until yeah. the end. Yeah, I remember a conversation you and I had, Azil. Maybe it was on the podcast where you said it'll be interesting to see where this cast of characters that were being seen in Falconia where they'll fall once you know a conflict comes within Falconia. Which side are they yeah. going to be on? Yeah, I, I did. I wonder about Raban and Owen if those if that duo will ever be split up. You know that would be really fascinating to see if Owen Owen is devout and Raban's the skeptic or something like that. Oh yeah, I agree. Actually, it would be sad to see those two broken up. But you know, then being brought up as a pair, so to speak, in the in the series, it would it would be a little dramatic if that happened. So anyway, talking about the far flung future. Uh, while we're, as we're discussing that, though, it makes me think about where what Rickert's place will be in Falconia, and obviously he's kind of a machinist, so 
probably, you know, in that role, but I wonder if he'll be held close to the vest in Griffith's council or not. I, I think it would be interesting to have an inner council perspective with, with Griffith if he has that, you know, or if, if there even will be a court, so to speak. Because, you know, we're, we're kind of casting these preconceptions of what it will be like inside, you know, the area closest to Griffith. And, and in my head, it's like a royal court, but there's no reason for that to be the case. It could be a completely dramatically different departure from that, you know? Yeah. I actually don't think that's going to be a court, so to speak. Yeah. You know, I, I always picture Griffith as being kind of alone, you mm-hmm. know, or maybe surrounded by a few apostles or such, but no humans, you know? Sure. I mean, the people coming in the city, even the nobles, they are nothing now to, I mean, Griffith yeah. is, is, he's beyond humanity. I mean, there's always this theme recurring, you know, transcending humanity, beyond, you know, human comprehension. And that's what Griffith is right now. I mean, is some, you know, <clears throat> some, uh, let's say, pimped up, you know, noble going to be, you know, standing in the dome, you know, the magic dome or whatever or alongside, you know, <laughs> or the, yeah. the, the, the demigods, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the general role of a king's council is to counsel the king. What human can tell Griffith what to do? You know, it's yeah. just not, it's just an absurd concept that he would need to have some kind of advisors or something like that. You know, but yeah. That being I said, could, he, uh, I could see it either way though, because I mean, uh, it it basically comes down to that Griffith question again: is how human is he going to keep playing it? Mm-hmm. You know, I could see him. You know, either if things keep running like they have, or I mean, when he ran the Hawks, obviously that's you know he's the leader of the army. You know, what he says goes. Is it still going to be like that? Or is he going to be even more weirdly, you know, in charge or dictatorial? Or is he going to, you know, play it where he has all those noble guys, you know, sort of dancing for him, you know, giving him a bunch of suggestions that he's, you know, pretends to take under advisement and then he does whatever he's going to do. Yeah. So, I mean, I could see it that way, too, where he's still got those, like, Midland guys hanging around that he, you know, <laughs> so he can condescend to them, basically, <laughs> you know, all day. Like, I could, I could see that. Right. Well, they hate his guts. Yeah, I think the answers to a lot of these questions are like right before us, and you know, a couple episodes ahead of us. You know, we're going to see, you know, either it'll transition to guts next, or we'll see actually inside the walls of Falconia next. You know, I don't know. Well, I, I think we're going to transition to guts, if not next episodes, and the episode you know right after. So I, I don't think we'll be seeing too much. But okay. <clears throat> yeah, that, that being said, there's a uh, one aspect we are not addressing is that the religious one. You know, mm. the, the pontiff was, you know, very, of course, <clears throat> Griffith is a chosen one and such and, and whatnot. And I think that's going to play a role as well. Is that Griffith is, yeah, he's, uh, he has a chosen one in more ways than one. Yeah. So how are they going to revert it, you know, regarding, you know, that? Is he going to be adjured like, like the envoy of God or something like that? I, I really wonder how he's going to be treated, uh, you know. Sure. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point, and the question has always been whether or not, you know, whenever the after Vertanus Griffith had like Charlotte in one hand and the Pontiff in another, literally he had the powers of church and state at that point, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And, and so you wonder, will was that merely uh, kind of like the key to him gaining control or gaining legitimate authority among the people and acceptance among the people, or will that actually continue to play a role? You know, I, I have to imagine that. Yeah, there's going to be some kind of religious fanatics inside Falconia. It wasn't just uh, the key to to bring them to the gates of Falconia, you know. So we'll see. That being yeah. said, uh, it reminds me of what Lucas said, you know, as they were approaching Windham, you know, before the final battle. Is that 
you know, he said soon, like soon the world, you know, will be different. It won't matter anymore. Such so that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, is this is this really mattering anymore? I mean, at this point, like I said before, the, the fucking landscape is shaped in Griffith's image. So you know, does he even need a pontiff or Charlotte or whatever? So, so the city, you know, bears his likeliness. So I, at this point, I you know I, I called him a god king in the in a, in the thread, you know, for just for a joke. But it's actually yeah, he, he's pretty much a god king at this point. He's as much a king as a god. I mean, he's ruling over them, you know. He can do anything he wants, and uh, I, not, I yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's not dissimilar to Dune, you know. At the, at the yeah, end yeah, books. yeah, pretty much actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's what I was reminded of is that he's rooting. He could root in many way, many different ways. I mean, that, that's also what makes it interesting is that we don't know how it's going to to be, you know, done. But uh, there are many ways for him to rule. You know, he he's got the military power, he's got the religious power, he's got the you know the stately power in a way, but. You know, even beyond that, he's got an infinity, you know, of ways to, you know, uh, how to govern the people. Mm-hmm. So, including he might not even need to govern them. He, he could remain distant and let them, you know, do as they please. So, there's really many, many possibilities there. Yeah. Well, we've talked so much about Falconia, and actually this episode, Falconia almost feels like an journey, obviously, and it's it, obviously it's on the horizon throughout this entire thing. But you know what truly struck me about this episode was was the journey there and the imagery of the wing stones being you know towering over humans, uh, the tree itself. Uh, it, Mira is really underlining how important these elements are. You know, beyond simply Falconia's appearance, there's this mystical tree uh, that's also dominating the landscape, and it's mm-hmm. completely changed the world. You know, not just inviting you know creatures into the world, but the world itself is completely reshaped. Uh, it's just uh, the tree itself. I wonder what kind of role this is going to play in the future. You know, is it what what, what purpose will it serve? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I agree, and I think actually, you know, the world may have been more astral, if mm-hmm. I may say so, in the past. You know, like in Gazarik's time or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the tree is really new. Like it's the first. You know, it's really what. All of this, you know, little thing, you know, the battle with Ganishka, all this little scheme brought on is a tree. Mm. And I think it's, it's going to play a really determinant role. And actually, when you look at the, at the art, you know, you see the branches go far in the distance. Sure. And we, we've seen in previous episodes that, you know, the boy was like traveling in the branches. Yeah. So I wonder actually, is, is, uh, is a tree covering the whole house, you know, or, you know, well, what are its limits? Isn't that the concept of the world tree? Is that its its branches create or you know stretch the entire world over? Well, actually, it's a bit you know. I mean, the traditionally, you know, like in the you know Nordic you know mythology, it's it's a bit different. It's like there are different stages, you know, corresponding mm-hmm. in the trunks or whatever. But I mean, it's not going to be exactly the same. But yeah, I think in this case, the tree, you know, pretty much covers the whole world and leaks the the whole world together. But yeah, I really wonder what its limits are going to be. It seems to be very important. We know very little about it so far, but sure, we've pretty much just seen it, and we've seen the kid riding in it. But that's pretty much it, you know. So yeah, it could could serve a number of roles. Well, although one thing though, I mean, about its role and its purpose. 
Well, what we can extrapolate from it is that though it's kind of grounding this world together. You know, think of like the way a tree. You know, the the idea of a tree is that it has roots and it's rooted to the ground and it it kind of holds everything uh, on its shoulders. Uh, symbol wise, it, it makes sense that it's kind of an anchor to this new world. I mean, I, I can see that being a possibility. Yeah, sure, maybe. <clears throat> Anyway, um, a couple other things were regarding the Wingstones and, and regarding the reverence uh, that people have for these new things that have appeared. You see them working in the fields. These Wingstones are protecting them from the outside world. They're also yeah. allowing crops to grow. You know, think of – I'm talking about anchoring you know, this new world to, to Griffith and all these things. But imagine the opposition to this state of the world. Imagine when Guts comes in and, uh, you know, whoever he brings with him, opposing this way of life, you know, this way of life that people have uh, have depended on for their survival. You know, imagine those wingstones shattering. How would people react to those things? Like if, if Shiark, like, finds the right frequency to make these things explode or something like that, just as an example, yeah. you know. Imagine what what kind of reaction these people would have. I mean, they've he's created this, uh, I mean, literally a, a way of life. Uh, in this whole area, so but it's gonna fall eventually, and I wonder. Well, go ahead. You know, it's it's pretty much like the title of the episode. Like it's a, it's a little paradise, you know. <clears throat> you know, it's always thing. You know, the crops are always growing, the trees are always full of fruits. Right. But uh, and you know what I was reminded of is uh, <clears throat> with your scenario is you know pretty much what happened in Albion. You know when Gus was fighting Mosgus. Right. And people were, you know, cheering for the angel, you know, fighting the devil. And that's pretty much, yeah, it's pretty much going to be the same, you know, same kind of stuff. I mean, if Guts was coming on right now, shattering the stones and, you know, challenging Griffiths, what would people think? They would think the bad guys, you know, attacking the, you know, holy city, you know, and trying to defile or kill the, the righteous angel or whatever. So that's the kind of, you know, set of minds they're going to be in. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's one other thing I wanted to say about the Wingstones is, um, you know, it's interesting that they, the, the way they appeared, and they obviously we didn't know about them before this episode, so the presumption is that they grew out of the ground after the world changed. Yep. But the fact that Mir introduced this concept to begin with, it kind of gives us a hint to the state of the world to begin with, because, you know, Falconian needed a security system of sorts in this new world. Yeah. It couldn't just exist by itself. It couldn't exist on just its defense defense system alone of apostles and a roaming apostle army, which is sort of what I had imagined it would be with creatures in the world. You'd have a roaming band of apostles that would protect this countryside. But yeah, Amir has gone a step further and, and considered, you know, uh, the agriculture of the, and, the, and the economy of the land is already that is solved with a snap of the fingers, you know, by the appearance of these wingstones. It has defense and it has agriculture all built into one. So... It's just interesting that uh, Mira took those ex- that extra step to consider uh, what a, a long mm-hmm. paradise would would require. Yeah, yeah. Why he chose uh, it's a tribute to his attention to details that he would, you know, think about the fact that people have, have to be fed and, and such. So I think that that played a big part in that decision. But uh, yeah, what, what like I said in the thread, it also reminds me. I mean, this little state of. Uh, you know, idyllic, you know, environment reminds me of uh, Rochin's uh, Misty Valley, you know, the fact it was, you know, it's the flowers are always blooming, the weather is always mild, you know, it's, it's always spring. It's, uh, it's the same kind of unnatural paradise to me. 
Yeah, and Flora's uh, treehouse area was also described like that. Perpetual summer, yeah, of course. perpetual spring. So it's just it, it's drawing from these concepts that we've been introduced to before. I have to imagine that's simply like an astral world connection type of phenomenon or, you know, the type of atmosphere and environment that's independent from the elements. It's independent from the physical world, uh, limitations of the physical world, basically. Yeah. But, uh, Azil, you mentioned something to me earlier as well because um, the fact that this world, uh, I may have already touched on it before, but it, it really is the humans versus everything in the world. You know, the, the natural state of, of order is that humans are fodder now. Yeah. And so it's, a, it's a completely upset the... Uh... What Robin says, actually, it's very telling. He was like saying, Falcone is the only place where humans can live a, a human life. Like, you know, a life humans deserve to live where they are not harassed or killed or, you know, slaughtered at every, you know, you know every moment. They are living peacefully and happily and such. So it's really... Yeah, I think it's, that's what we are going towards, you know. It's a humans versus everything else. Right. And I think I mentioned in the thread that it made me think about why Griffith might have considered uh, Flora a threat. We've always had presumptions about what the basis of that was. But now I think it's clear that her way of life and her knowledge would offer an alternative kind of yeah. to what Falcone is offering, which is protection from this new world, protection of course. From creatures roaming the, the, the land. So. But it's yeah. it's completely uh, uh you know opposite philosophies on how to survive and and Falcone you have this it's protected by an artificial means and and it requires uh you to you know kill all the creatures but I have to imagine we're going to be see a dramatically different way of life in, in an elf helm and I imagine it's going to be living among these creatures or finding a way to cope with them but that's just a presumption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's the thing is uh you know. In this context, I think we already talked about this before, but I think in this context, we could even see a, a kind of witch hunt, which is, uh, like, there might be people who remember the old ways, you know, as they would say, and, like, you know, would, uh, you know, ask for the help of uh, benevolent astral beings, like we saw, like, you know, the Lady of the Death, you know, and... Uh, Using, you know, help like this, they, they could, you know, survive. They could, like, they could use the help of, you know, benevolent beings to, you know, fight off malevolent ones. Yeah. Well, like, those you know, people that are obviously summoning all these monsters, they need to be killed immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. They're the that's cause of all this. That's going to be the official explanation, of course. I mean, the Falconian, you know, official Falconian explanation. But yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I think there could be an opposition. But the thing is, you know, the the number of people who are going to be, you know, able to live like that are not going to, how to say, they're going to be very few and, you know, far between, you know, compared to Falconia. And it's, you know, some kind of giant megalopolis, you know, aspect. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be the main difference, you know. Let's say going back to Geyser's era, you know, you know, as I imagine it, mm-hmm. you know, people were more familiar with, uh, you know, astral beings, and I think in this era, people are going to be yeah, more likely to, you know, uh, side, you know, with, you know, uh, the good end, you know, you know, side of things. So, you know, massing up in Falconia and, you know, being generally favorable to the extermination of what they perceive as pests, you know, and to the establishment of a purely human, you know, a purely human world, you know, like slaughtering everything that is non-human mm-hmm. until only they are left. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, relatively convinced it's uh, what's going to, to be happening. 
Hmm. One other thing about Falconia, the way we see it at the end of the episode, it's sort of shimmering. And I remember the last time we saw it was when Falconia was first being introduced. I always assumed that shimmering effect was sort of an afterglow of it appearing in, in front of all the humans uh, where Wyndham once was. But the fact that it's still shimmering makes me wonder about, you know, how things will appear or, or it's just it just invites this image that it's truly a magical kingdom. Mm. You know, it's not just a, a physical structure that appeared out of thin air. It's just quite a bit more going on than that. You know, it's really a magical mm. world now. So, yeah. But uh, one thing is a tree, the tree itself seems to be, you know, like it seems to be made of light. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the tree is not, it's not just a tree, you know, it's not just, you know, it's clearly made of light. It's mm-hmm. clearly, you know, bright. So, you know, the tree itself is, you know, having a glow. And I think Falconia, I'm not sure if it's just, you know, the effect with the fog or whatever, because it's so big and, you know, huge and many people are massing there. So there's some dust, but you know, it seems to be, you know, very simply, Griffiths is a white falcon, or at least he was a white falcon. He was a falcon of light, you know, mm-hmm. in the dreams and such. So, uh, yeah, I think the city is going to be bright. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. If, it might be just a visual effect. But, you know, yeah, the general sentiment is it's going to be a glow. And, you know, yeah. from the architecture to everything else, it, it's clearly not a natural city or anything like that. It's, sure. you know, it, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, more than that. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like you said, either it's, you know, it's, Mira, you know, it's just so it looks cool, or it's also sort of this feeling that like the whole place sort of pulsates with power. Mm-hmm. That you know, yeah. you can literally you can see it. You know, the, the, this place is a power base, literally and figuratively. So it's uh, it's interesting in that regard, and, and some just to sort of tie up a bunch of the other things you guys introduced. Sort of, you know, why everyone's gathering there, and what purpose is this? Is this to get everyone on the same page? You know, sort of with the the God hand agenda to get all humans united in sort of one way of thinking, or is it? You know, you mentioned uh, when Guts was fighting Amazgas as you know, is it going to end up yeah. like Albion? You know, too in some hmm. you know fashion, or you know, at one point is Guts destroying Paradise versus coming in? You know, for a rescue? Like, you know, do, do oh, we yeah. firmly believe it's going to? You know. It's going to turn that bad, or is the trick that it never appears to be bad, but it's you know it's going to some great evil purpose? Yeah, uh, well, that's, that's the thing actually. Yeah, I mean, it might, you know, people might never realize it's actually you know being bad. You know, the big trick. You know, we were thinking, oh, yeah, maybe you know, like somebody in the threads. Uh, I think it was uh, Jackson or Hurley or whatever it's pronounced. Whoever it's pronounced said, oh, it's going to be a vice city. You know. Or become, you know, uh, you know, vicious and, you know, uh, depravated like, you know, Geyserich's capital city is supposed to have been, you know. The thing is, it might never become like that. It might always be uh, some some kind of paradise thing. But, you know, something evil might be afoot. But, you know, it might never come to, or say, come to light before even Guts gets there and starts, you know, blowing shit up. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good point. Because, I mean, you could you could make the argument now, it's all, you know, the evil is already happening, that it's just not happening inside those walls. Like, they've ruined the rest of the world, you know, yeah. already for humans. You know, it's like it's already devastation and destruction that, Raben, you know, Raben is, like, sort of mourning, you know. He's already, you know, he feels bad that this is, like, yeah. that it's come to this at all. Yeah, it's so, true, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I have to imagine that, you know, 
what's been, what's what's truly changed in this world is that I think I said this last episode was that you know humans are now humans are now fodder. Humans no longer have a place in this world to make any sort of relevant decisions. You know, they're literally running scared. And it reminds me of the way the apostles on the God hand refer to humans in general, as they just call them lambs, uh, sheep. Uh, yeah. You know, they're being herded to Falconia. But, but for what purpose? It doesn't, I mean, to me, the, the purpose itself is kind of irrelevant. Well, we'll know it's going to be important. But as far as the the scope of what's happening in general, is that humans no longer have a place in this world. And I, and I wonder what, what the payoff for that's going to be. Uh, but it, yeah. you know, it's, it's ideologically opposed to the way Guts lives, you know, uh, opposing uh, the, the flow of things. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know where it's headed, but thematically this all makes sense, that the the center of yeah. the world, the, play, the way that Griffiths tied all these knots, all these different threads together is, is, a, is a direction in which humans have no control and no power over their own destiny. Yeah, there's a general lack of free will, you know, yeah. not having to, you know, live within a city to, you know, because you can't, you know, just, you know, survive in the outside world. And, but, you know, like I said, the thread, one thing I've been wondering about is what about the Bakiraka, you know? When, when, uh, Raban escaped the city, you know, and met with Jarif and such, they came across Silat who, you know, they had a, uh, a talk with, and he was very, I mean, he was, uh, I would say, wary of the Falcon and what he proposed, you know, uh, a heaven who, you know, transcended, you know, human understanding. And I, I wonder if, you know, they are not, you know, these guys, you know, you know, mm-hmm. specifically, you know, beyond everybody else won't be able to, you know, survive in that harsh world because they have been surviving in harsh conditions. They have honed their skills and bodies all of them to survive. So I, I wonder if, you know, they are among each, you know, you know, be, you know, among anybody else won't be able to, you know, live, you know, in that world. I, I kind of see the Baki Raka as, as an alternate, as another alternative, you know, <clears throat> maybe he'll feel that'll finally find his place uh, by you know, creating a kind of an opposition, a human led opposition in this new world, uh, op- opposed to Falconia. But Obviously, hard to imagine them like growing in power, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess what yeah. I'm saying, I, I the image of going to be sort of this underground, you know. Oh, sure, sure. In my head, it wasn't that. My head, in my head, the image was more, you know, just barely surviving, but surviving versus just becoming food. Yeah, just not being, you know, not not being part of Falconia, you know. Yeah. Just that is already not a victory, but it's already something an achievement. Yeah, and I, I think we've all all hoped that Silat and Guts, you know, will come across each other again, which I, I think they're of course going to, and yeah. they'll probably ally themselves, and that'll be a, a fantastic well, reunion. Oh well, yeah, that's the thing we've always thought of that. What I just thought what would be interesting is if Silat doesn't want anything to do with Guts and his guys either. <laughs> like if he just was you know, sort of like, uh, you know. I see you people, you know, like, especially if Guts is, you know, coming with a bunch of elves, you know, things with yeah. them, and he's just like, uh, this looks a little too similar to what they're doing at Falcone. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Man, we went all over the place talking to all these different characters, and it's a, a great conversation. I just never expected we would go into Raban and then Silad as well. There's just so much to think about, and, and, and the more that we see about Falcone in the state of the world, it just makes us wonder where the series is headed. And to me, Berserk's never been this exciting to me. I mean, I, I've always loved the series, obviously, but just thinking about the different things that could happen just even in the near future, even with Elf Home on the horizon and what's going to happen from that, I just can't help but be super excited about this new world. And so, mm, Yeah. So the possibilities are, honestly, 
you know, the more we go, like the more stuff could happen. It's, it's a, it's a testimony to Murat's, you know, writing, you know, ability. It's, you know, it's incredible, actually. With each episode, we, you know, I mean, the, it never goes down, you know, the possibilities never become less. It's always bigger and bigger and bigger. Of course, it won't, you know, be like that forever, but I, I think honestly, following Berserk, it's one of the most interesting times to be reading Berserk is right now, you know. Yeah. When yeah. The, the world, the new world is here, you know, like the possibilities are endless. The limit is your imagination. Yeah, every every single episode, we've been we've sort of introduced to new concepts and, and and new you know the new state of the world. These are all these are very very informative things that are happening. They're gonna inform the way we understand things into the future. So I just can't imagine anyone not being entertained by what's here in front of us. But um, is there anything else you had guys have for three thirty three? I mean, we could probably talk about it endlessly. Yeah, I was I was still thinking about Rickard a little bit. If you guys oh, sure, still yeah. want to rap about yeah. him a little, just uh, sort of where like we never really answered the question you posed it, Walter. Like, uh, you know, where would he, where would his seat sort of be in Falconia? Mm. And I just wonder, can you guys envision him either, you know, becoming a part of you know Falconia, becoming a part of the infrastructure and sort of Griffith's you know, infrastructure and, you know, whether he becomes like, you know, just the blacksmith in town or he has a more important role. And also down the line, could you see him actually becoming, you know, genuinely loyal to that and to Griffith again or, you know, becoming like a way, a way in for guts down the line? Well, you know, I, I'll answer, you know, I, I have, you know, let's say two scenarios. One thing is, like you said, the blacksmith in town, like he's just walking his shop you know, helping, you know, people, you know, as best as he can, but nothing special. And the other part is like the, the working the king's misery, you know, like, you know, being a part of, you know, you know still in the same, you know, you know, mindset, which is uh, not loyal to Griffiths, but he doesn't have a choice and he's trying to help, you know, people. So he's just doing what he can, but not loyal to Griffiths. I, I don't see him, you know. I mean, with what he's seen, with what he knows, I don't think he'll ever be really loyal to Griffiths again. But uh, that being said, he doesn't have a choice. He's going there, and he's not going to, you know, be, you know, I mean, squarely opposing Griffiths and trying to kill Griffiths or anything like that. That's not his role, and that's not the point. It's not within his power. But, uh, yeah, I could see him walking for Falconia, you know, but not being really not not loyal to Griffiths, and I think when the time comes, if he has to, you know, be you know with guts or with Griffiths, yeah, he's going to be helping guts. Yeah, sure. Yeah, those are the. Those see, are the uh, oh, sorry. Those are the two scenarios I also envision. Is it really the, the question is really, will his perspective will will he be more beneficial as a witness within Falconia among the streets, sort of among the people, or closer to Griffith? And I, I just sort of I, I, I sort of see him. Being away from Griffith, being more among the people—that's just a hunch that I have. I guess is what I. Yeah, I agree with that. I actually see him. That's all. Uh, that's always who I envisioned him. I mean, as a as a witness of the world, which actually he he's even been, you know, in this episode, even though it's been, you know, pretty quick, in the previous episode where we see him, you know, commenting on the state of the world and such, and <clears> yeah, <throat> I, I, as a man among the people, you know. With the knowledge he has, you know, witnessing who is going and you know what's happening and such. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, we kind of get 
the answer to what Griffith's Griffith's decision is going to be uh, right on the page. Is it? And now I have something to protect. Like, well, well, I guess you know. There you go. You know, you know. One thing is, I, I, I find it interesting the similarity between you know Rickett's feeling towards Erica and Gut's feelings towards Casca. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thought of the same thing. But I, I think that's all there is to it. it, it it's simply it's it's a common a theme. But do you think? Oh, I mean, did you have more to say on that? I was just going to say, assuming things don't get terrible to where you know Rickard is going to be looking for a way out anyway, and you know looking for help. Like let's say he becomes loyal to sort of the peace that Griffith has mm-hmm. established, and Guts is going to come in and challenge that. Can you see a situation where you know, not okay? This is it's brings up a sort of a bigger topic where not only you know would uh rickert maybe want to talk guts out of or not be with him because he's going to disrupt the peace but also a situation where you know maybe things would have gotten bad anyway but it's actually going to be guts that starts it and this would be again what you were talking about with like you know shirke shattering the stones and you know mm-hmm. sort of where it looks like they're the bad guys yeah. you know moving in and making things bad well, you know it, yeah I-, I could see rickert being conflicted yeah, you know, yeah, certainly. Yeah, I mean, if Guts comes in, of course, you know that's so speculative. It's you know, I mean, yeah, we shouldn't it's... even be we shouldn't even be talking about this. But yeah, I mean, I, I could <laughs> forbidden taboo topic. I've got yeah, here. pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could I could see Rickard being conflicted. Like, let, let's say, yeah, Guts comes in. You know, the state of the world is bad, but Falconia is holding on and such. And Gus comes in and he's going to shatter everything and to basically doom everybody. Like in Albion, again, like in Albion. Like, you know, things were bad, but, you know, from the people's per- perception, you know, Gus and Casca, the brand ones who called in, you know, all the, these, you know, you know, specters and such, everybody was killed. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, many tons, thousands, you know, tens of thousands of people died there. Right. You know, is it going to be like that in Falconia? You know, just for, for, just for God's revenge? Are they going to, you know, be slaughtering everybody? Yeah, I could see, I could see Rickard being conflicted for that. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a simple topic. And I think in any case, you know, knowing Mura and, you know, seeing all Barzakis, I'm pretty sure, you know, it's going to be conflicting in the end, you know. Even when it comes to killing Griffiths, you know. Guys, you know, he's killing Griffiths. He's also killing his, his own son. So, yeah, it's going to be conflicting. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I could definitely see in that kind of, you know, uh, <clears throat> hypothesis, let's say, you know. Yeah, I, I could see, you know, Rickard being conflicted. Sure. I mean, Rickard's involvement in Falcone also, it opens the door to there being some more, yeah, I guess a conflicting opinion because who else in living in Falconia, who, whose opinion would, would Gus actually care about? Nobody's, you know? They're all basically yeah. allies of Griffith as far as he's concerned, but a, but a, a former uh, Falcon, a, a friend of Gus, you know, criticizing his actions, that would actually, you know, lend some sort of weight, you know? But yeah. I, I can't imagine. Yeah, and that's the importance of Rickard within Falconia is that it's someone that Guts actually cares about living amongst Griffith's people is essentially what it comes down to, you know. But yeah, I mean, I think we all know where Rickard's going to side with in the end. I mean, maybe he. I, I can't imagine he'll take a neutral role, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, it's going to be interesting because either way, he's sort of in the he's like in the betrayer seat. Like he's gonna he's either going to be like you know a betrayal to Griffith or to Guts if, you know, if it comes down to him having to make that choice. If it isn't obvious, you know, either way, what to choose. Like, you know, if Griffith is, you know, having apostles slaughtering people, then I don't know. I don't becomes... think... I just don't... 
I, I guess I feel I feel uncomfortable talking about it, and the reason I say that is because like. Rickard, think of think about outside the eclipse. You know, he didn't have a role in that. He was always uh, he was looking at it outside of the events of it, and that's yeah. sort of how I see him. And, and that kind of conflict as well is just being apart from the whole thing, but still observing. Well, as yeah. that being said, I mean, he saw his friends. He saw many people Eaten. being slaughtered by you know, yeah, by the count and Roshin. Yeah, I mean, he was. I was going to bring that up that he was there. So I mean, he's got he has his own you know sort of bone to pick with uh, that. You know. We've and that's why the threat that they're dead. Those those particular apostles. Yeah. So, well, that's so why I, that's saw, actually convenient. That's why. <laughs> what, I said what he, he saw. That's why I said he won't be have a completely neutral role. I mean, he, clearly he's siding more towards yeah. guts than anything. What I mean is, well, what, what what kind of role he'll play? I, I can't imagine it would be a huge one, but whatever. I mean, again, that's why I feel uncomfortable talking about such things because it's so flung out there, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's very speculative. But the thing is, so one thing is very clearly, you know, when he saw, you know, Zod, you know, he was shocked. He was wondering why, you know, Griffith was siding with Zod, you know, <laughs> which last he saw was a monster and such. And when he saw Vine, his, you know, reaction was, you know, what the hell is Griffith doing? And I think he's going to be just, you know, he's going to be along those lines. He's, you know, Rickert won't... I think he's a pretty rational guy, and he's not going to be trusting the monsters. You know, Erica's reaction is, you know, oh, oh, that guy, what is he? He's a monster? He's, you know, some kind of strange human monster? Oh, well, he helped us anyway, but Rickat is not like that, you know, that's not, you know. Yeah. The way shown to us is Erica's, you know, naivete. You know, uh, being very, you know, kind-hearted. She's like, oh, well, he's a monster, but he helped us. But Rickat is not like that. You know, right. he saw Irvine. He knows, you know, what he is. And he's, you know, questioning that. And he's worried. And I, I think he's going to remain like that. And I, I think that's going to be, you know, down the line. It's, it's going to be like that, even in the end. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the line, uh, at the end of the day, I think he's going to be, you know, siding with guts. No, no matter what happens, he's going to be siding with guts because he was part of the Hawks. You know, even what he said, oh, he was part of the Falcons. You know, the original band of the Falcon, the original one. Right. You know, that, that also, you know, I mean, it's telling in a way. You know, it's like the guys, they're not there anymore. They're, they're all dead. Well, Especially, yeah. and I don't know if anyone, I just thought of it in these terms, especially if it's not only Guts he's siding with, but if it's Casca as well. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, of course, the former, I mean, the second in command, the one who stood, you know, for a year when Griffiths was jailed, you know, who yeah. led, you know, when they were hunted. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course. I mean, we often tend to, you know, underestimate Casca's future role in the story because she's currently being, you know, I mean... She's in a condition where she she's not you know bringing much to the story, but yeah, I I think in Alfem it it will be a big change, and I also think it's why in many ways you know the story is taking its time, is that uh, it's going to be a yeah a big change in many ways, and uh, yeah, Casca's future role, yeah, sure, sure, of course, of course, I mean she'll have her what to say you know as well as guts. I think that's a good place to wrap it up for now for 333. Um, there's another break happening and, uh, I guess we'll be back earlier in the year for 334. Whether or not, you know, I, I sort of think, as we said earlier in the show, I, I think the way the episode ends, it sort of leaves it open as far as where we'll go next. You know, um, having Falconia in the distance on the horizon with 
essentially Rickert having met his destination in this journey, uh, I have to imagine that there's a there's a totally a, an opportunity to switch narratives back to guts. But you know, I, I feel always feel stupid speculating about that because it can really go either or. Really, I mean, so. yeah. So whatever, I'll, I'll, I'd be happy for either one. Obviously, I think everyone would be happy with more more Falconia. Yes, please. Arriving in Elfilm or such. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of what I was telling you the other day. Is that it's like you know uh, Frank Herbert's you know uh, narrative style you know in Dune, which is you know maddening. It's like he's got two narratives. He's going from one to the other. When one's ending, you're you're mad because you're like no, I want to know you know what's going to happen. But at the same time, you're fucking glad you get to know finally what's happening on the other side. Yeah. So from one side to the other, you're always, you know, it's very addictive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty good. It's pretty smart from you, Ryan. I think, yeah, it's going to be either way. You know, whether we see what's in Falcon or what's in her film, you know, shit, it's 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 awesome anyway. Yeah. That being you said, have, you guys have just jinxed the whole thing. We're gonna go at three thirty-four. The pirates return. Fuck, <laughs> uh, you know, well, fuck, fuck. The... I'll be glad to see the pirates returning. It... Fuck you. <laughs> it's a no lose. I love the pirates. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. You know, it's just like in the movies. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I like it either way. Yeah. It sucks, but fuck. I like it. I voted. You know. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, I spent way too long writing that review. I got yelled at actually for you know, <laughs> you know writing that thing. Yeah, just wait for my review. I've been you know, I've been saving it, but you know, wait until I post it. Yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna copy down my notes. I've been checking them <laughs> every day since then still. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll see. <laughs> well, um transitioning over, um hilariously, despite the fact that I bought like probably sixteen games during the Steam sale, I only <laughs> I only spent like forty bucks or so. I think I spent more on a zeal than I did myself, actually. Um, but I, yeah, um, I I'm so, been... uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say I'm, I'm thankful. Actually, I, I've been playing uh, Mark of the Ninja and um, FTL. I, actually, FTL is surprisingly difficult. You know, so I mean, I'm not, I'm yeah. not kidding. I've, I haven't made it past you know uh, the third zone so far. No, that game, man, that game, you have to be really careful. You can die just in one encounter, you're dead. Yeah, you can get really fucked. Um, I think the key in that game is, like, I think I played for three or four hours, which is pretty considerable for FTL. Those are quick 10, 15-minute play sessions, so you have to imagine. It's like, it's like 100 deaths or so. Until I was like, fuck it, I'm going to play on easy. And I got so much further on easy, and easy is not easy. You know, it's not, it's no shame to play FTL on easy. What it really does is it seems to me it just lowers the amount of enemy encounters, which is a, you know, a, a good thing and a bad thing because it gives you a chance to really explore the galaxy and get new, better, better weapon upgrades, but it also, you know, detracts from the amount of money you have. But it doesn't, yeah. I mean, it doesn't make the game any less difficult. It's just like a different, you know, way to explore. But yeah, it's a, it's a tough game. Um, the one thing I, I figured out that made me get further and further along was, you know, being strategic about what you target. You know, like targeting shields and then or, or targeting weapons is kind of a decision you have to make. Like, do you want to reduce the amount of damage you're taking or increase the amount of damage that you're doing to the ships? You know, it's always yeah. straight off. Well, the thing is, uh, you know, uh, you know, so far, I mean, I've been very quickly targeting the shields with my missiles and uh, targeting weapons with my beams. And like, as soon as the shields are down, I don't use missiles anymore to you know save them. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, it worked pretty well. But the thing is, I always tend to get cocky. Like when I cite, you know, you know, racking up, you know, scraps and such. Yeah. I tend to get arrogant. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, usually short left awards, I get fucked. Like I get one encounter where it goes pretty badly. And then, you know, uh, it just, you know, I just end up dying because, you know, my health got too damaged or whatever because I just got arrogant this one time, so. Yeah, the the fact, yeah, it reminds me of really old school games where replenishing your health is really difficult or costly. It's not some easy auto-regenerating health system. You, you can really get fucked up and not recover in that game pretty easily. You know, you got to be really careful. But yeah. It's fun. You know, it, it's just a small game. It's just a small, simple game, but it's just really addictive and fun. You know, you know, honestly, I think it's a really it for smartphones. Like, uh, yeah, I'd be playing all the fucking time. I mean, I probably wouldn't be doing anything but play that game. Oh, they're, they're making, uh, mobile versions of it. I mean, it was, it, oh. was, it was, it was one of the first, it was one of the first funded, uh, Kickstarter projects. I mean, game, game, uh, projects that was actually created from Kickstarter money. Ah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Actually. I remember that game from Kickstarter. I was wondering, you know, uh, if it was the same game or a very similar concept or anything, but okay, uh, well, uh, you know, I don't know if they are going to release it for Windows Phone, but I'm I'm pretty interested actually. It'd be really great on uh, on uh, cell phones. Bah, I say like that, but <laughs> I I don't have time for this kind of shit anymore. I shouldn't be even playing games. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I've I've hilariously, even though I bought like like I said, I bought like I think I bought like sixteen games or so. But uh, sixteen games. I think so, yeah. You have to. What? Some of these games are a dollar and thirty-seven cents. Some of them were two dollars. Yeah. You know, you don't have any time to play them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. But hey, two dollars. Yeah, you you've got a problem, man. We're, we're gonna you know stage an intervention or whatever they call it. You like when all your friends you know come together and tell you you've got a problem or something like that. Oh, no, well, you know what? I mean, I'm I'm gonna, I've seen the light. I I know where it's at now. As can back me up on this. I haven't played Diablo three in days. Because <laughs> I moved on to a more a more advanced kind of game, and I'll tell you yeah. what that is right now: Angry Birds Star Wars. <laughs> now this is where it's at. Well, this, this has been a, it's been a good show, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, now have you played the game? Don't judge. Don't, don't I've, I've judge. Played, I've I've played. First of all, I've played uh, the game that Angry Birds is based on, and completely ripped off the concept. Castle, Crush, Crush the, the Castle, Crush the Castle. Yeah. I love Crush the Castle. Much more fun yeah. than Angry Birds. It's also yeah. snappier to play. Angry Birds, like, you'll hit something and the bird's head will roll for, like, 30 seconds before it goes back to the slingshot. What the uh, fuck? Uh, no? Anyway, I, I've played Angry Birds. I've played Angry Birds Seasons. I've played Angry Birds Space. I've Angry Birds Space. Angry Birds Rio. Oh, Angry Birds. I've got about every fucking, you know, never, version. I've, I've never gotten more than maybe two or three minutes of enjoyment out of any of those games. I think they're really boring, honestly. I, I have only played the first one. Like I played, honestly, I gave it a fair shot. I got to like, you know, World Three or whatever. You know, this thing is endless. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just fucking boring. It's like I think say, it's for, I think it's boring. for kids, really. I mean, the, the and the whole thing is like got some bizarre, like it's taken on a life of its own with the marketing and the, the T-shirts and everything else and the kids' toys. Speaking of where. Speaking of taking life on song, we're not talking about Angry Birds on this podcast. This is okay. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Angry Birds Star Wars. <laughs> merchandising. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get back to I, Diablo 3. I played every level. Do you want me to talk about Diablo 3? <laughs> oh, God. Oh my God. My God. <laughs> you know, actually, I, I think it's very simply, 
You know, I don't think I understood the, you know, the was, you know, ca- casual gamer before I, you know, learned about. So you played that? Yeah, you know, seriously. I mean, I've got a friend who used to play, you know, real games like Doom and such, and he told me very proudly once, like he got uh, three stars in every of Angry Birds, and I was like, <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. That's no one, yeah. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know. know Every time, every time I go to Target, you know, I'm just in the men's section browsing clothes. There are fucking Angry Birds t-shirts just like sitting yep. like next to the respectable clothes section. It's like, what the fuck, you know? Well, that's yeah. the funny thing with this. I'd never played any of these games until my girlfriend, my girlfriend, got a <laughs> a new cell phone. She got a smartphone, yeah. and so then I'm just getting all these games, these cheap little games for free. Which, by the way, I'd have to pay like five dollars for on my 3ds that's another story <laughs> at and, least yeah exactly where it's i, mean, I was eight, like there's a 899 yeah, yeah 899 and this i can get this game for free with like an ad at the beginning which amounts to seeing <laughs> yeah. you know like another corporation logo you know right. and uh yeah it was just interesting to me to see what the hype was all about and it really isn't much yeah i was like this is just a rip off of crush the castle yeah which again, and, I thought was way more like hilarious. It has like a good sense of humor to it. Whereas Angry yeah. Birds is just like, yep, we are like caricatures of birds, and that's our yeah, thing. It's, like, great. It's like it's trying to be funny, and that the whole thing is ridiculous. But it's like it's actually quite humorless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like just the way it takes it takes itself very seriously. Actually, yeah, yeah. And, but, you know, uh, I, I remember them saying they spent like a million dollars, you know, uh, developing the game, and I was like. Fuck you, fuck you, a million dollars, go fuck yeah. yourself. <laughs> you spent a million dollars on this? If, no, they, if a... they hadn't made like a billion dollars by now, you'd laugh in their face. Like you spent a million dollars developing this game? Oh, you know, they're pretty much like Zynga, you know, except, you know, they've got these things, they're milking it, but, you know, they've got nothing, you know, besides it. You know, well, they've you got know I... funny? Is I saw I was looking at the user reviews for like the free versions and stuff, and there's like it's the entitlement too of fans is funny where they're like I remember when this used to be good and now it's sold out to the man, you know, and it's like <laughs> you know, and they're like I refuse to I love Angry Birds but I refuse to play because of the ads, you know, and I won't pay ninety nine cents. I was they uh, this is my favorite. I was gonna buy it anyway. I enjoyed it so much, but I won't be bullied into it by ads. And it was just like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I've been playing Angry Birds since 2011 when it first came out. I'm the number out. one Angry Birds <laughs> fan since 2006, and I, <laughs> and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah, it's just it was funny, but I don't know. I'm I'm playing the Star Wars themed one just because it's Star Wars. And I'm still pathetic in that way. <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah, you are. <laughs> let's, let's, let's take a step back. Let's let's talk about the games Griffith's been playing. Diablo three, and then moving on to Angry Birds Star Wars. Do I need an intervention here? Do I need help? Oh my God. <laughs> I, my dad has played FTL. If you want me to put him on the podcast, he'd be the one talking. <laughs> he actually he was playing it a long time ago. <laughs> well, what else? What I was going to say initially was that even though I have tons and tons of new games, I've, I've just been playing Dark Souls. Is what I've all, I've all been playing. <laughs> that's what's pretty that, sick. That actually does add insult to injury that I, I do have Dark Souls. Wow. My, like, I have it downloaded from Steam and everything. Do you have a controller yet or a Xbox 360? I have controllers. It's just I couldn't even, you know, again, I just it's basically just having to set it up. I mean, I've got all the links that you've posted for it and everything. It's just, you know, do it. I, I just have to do, do it. Do it. Yeah, do really, it. dude. 
game of the fucking generation for me and many other people on that thread if, if, you, if you've seen I, I was actually surprised by how many people chose Dark Souls yeah. as the number one I didn't know oh, whatever yeah, the only one that's like, like trash it's like well I like Demon Souls better it's like well geez it's like the one that's you know the precursor right <laughs> so, the only yeah, one that just you know just being a dick just because you've got a PlayStation 3 fuck you fuck yeah. you that's kind of how I feel. <laughs> I guess it's partly jealousy that I can't. Yeah, yeah. Souls, but in the back of my head, I'm just like, there's no way it's better than Dark Souls. I don't care. What, <laughs> what about Red Dead Redemption? Yeah, yeah, right, the- no, yeah. Don't don't joke about that. Red Dead Redemption is a fucking good game. It's a great game. You guys, yeah, it's a fucking great game. I have it's- played it. I've, I've yeah. ha- I have played Red Dead Redemption. I've, John I'm Master, trying to get you know, head back here. Yeah. If it's, it's so good, great. if it's so good, how come it's not on PC? Hmm. Yeah, you know, go fuck yourself. No, so say, three <laughs> great. Not it's good great. You should, yeah, get an Xbox and you know play that game. It's great. It's great. No, Thursday is great. But I, be- really. I believe it. I- I'm sure I would love it. It's just a matter of well, a couple different factors. Not. Working. You know what's interesting to me about the favorite game of the generation question is that if you could do it again, how would you handle sort of your purchases? And to me, the big the answer is like the answer was Xbox 360. If you could have yeah. gotten one of those oh, early yeah, sure. on. That was the investment to make. You would have gotten to play, you know, everything you wanted. You know, I was going to play Mass Effect when it came out, and that's you know, <laughs> pretty good. There's a handful of things that you would have missed out on if you chose uh, Xbox 360 over PS3. Like among yeah. them, Uncharted, which is you know apparently a fucking amazing game. Yeah, I still haven't played Uncharted. I still regret it. But you know, you you've got to make a choice. You know, yeah. I, I just I mean, overall, Chate. like for this whole generation, if you had an Xbox, you you know, there's a lot of alienated PS3 fans. You know, yeah, and all that. There's I don't think anyone who bought an Xbox, other than maybe the Red Ring of Death, you know, creeping up but, on know, them. You don't Xbox. have any regrets. The, the yeah. thing is, uh, you, you might get an Xbox. You can't play The Last Guardian, you know, and that's uh, yeah, that's a big loss for you. Oh, right, I, sure sorry. is. Yeah, oh. sorry. <laughs> that's a, that's a little blow. Every yeah. every year, every year, The Last Guardian gets delayed. Is another year I'm saving up for PS3. That's what always. What about what about Metal <laughs> Solid Four? It's huh? just going to be that much more affordable when you get it. You're gonna... That's right. You get a PS3 for twenty dollars by the time Last Guardian comes out. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And then, but then out, you'll be able play, to do you know, two-player with your son if <laughs> you'll be old yeah. enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, is he old? You're saying? And then what? No, I was saying, and then when it gets, you know, when the Last Guardian, you know, gets out, I'll play Uncharted Two. There you go, Uncharted Two. <laughs> but I, uh, I've been playing Far Cry Three as well, which is pretty fun. But it feels a little bit like a cash in. Honestly, it's like what parts of Far Cry Two worked. Let's try to make it sort of like Skyrim as well. We'll give you waypoints and things to go in your map. It just feels like sort of a mishmash of things. I'm having yeah. fun, but it's just it feels a little I don't know, not cohesive of a game. Yeah, it's funny because I heard the characterization was pretty good. Like the the villains, the voice acting oh, yeah. was amazing. The it's, villain was amazing. It's yeah, no no doubt about it. The opening sequence with the the villain Vaz is really impressive. They just do some really clever attention to detail. Like after this, after this guy gives this like big emotional uh, scene, you know, he's walking he's walking away from the camera and he runs into like his you know one of the henchmen and he goes he kind of like shoves him. And he goes, "Fuck, I get you every time, man." And he goes, "The guy is like, yeah, you get me every time." <laughs> it's just like small things like that. It's just really good attention to detail with the character acting. It's impressive, but. Uh, they they really squander that stuff. It's like a couple canned moments of greatness, but it's not really interwoven in the real the actual game very much, you know. 
Yeah, it's funny. What you know? I recently I finished uh, Spec Ops: The Line. Oh, you finished? Is, uh, it? I heard that it had a really cool ending. Yeah, well, the thing is, I I read a lot of things about how the game got in, you know, like you know, it was you know a reflection of you know the state of war games, you know, in modern times and such and that kind of shit. Sure. So I I played it for that reason pretty much, and uh, yeah, it's not bad. I think it's a bit of overrated, honestly. Like it's uh yeah, sure, it's a reflection of war. Like the main character gets you know all you know teary eyed because uh, you know in war you kill people who are innocent and you know there's no bad side and good side it's all grey and such it's not bad but it's not amazing either I mean if you've already beaten it you should look up some of the alternate endings to that game Uh, because I I know a little bit about how it ends and and there are there's a completely dramatically different way the game can end if you choose a certain uh, course of action towards the end that you may you may have not even known it was an option, basically. But it, it... oh, well, that's, that's interesting. Actually, I'll, I'll be looking. Okay, I'll look, I'll look it up. Anyway, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty good game. Uh, one thing that actually very interesting is the main character looks a lot, a lot, a whole fucking lot like Shepard from uh, Mass Effect. Actually, I, I even wonder if they you know use the same you know uh, real life guy to you know make the model huh. because it, it looks the same. I mean, it's the same fucking guy. I mean. Same face and everything, but yeah. Anyway, uh, it's not a bad game. I don't regret paying, you know, six bucks for it. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit overrated. But I, I'll be looking up the ending for sure. Yeah, I also have it installed. It's just one of those I haven't played. <laughs> um, movies. Uh, I was gonna go see Les Miserables, but I have not seen it yet. That's about no. it. No, I, I saw the Hobbit. Did I, did I mention it uh, in the last oh. one? Nope. Well, I saw it. I saw it in 3D. I don't think it was. It had, uh, you know, a faster, you know, image per second rate or anything like that because I didn't notice anything. It was in 3D. 3D brought nothing as usual. Wow. And uh, it was alright. It was alright. Not very faithful to the novel. Too, you know. I mean, they they stuck to the Lord of the Rings, you know, uh, atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Very serious. They made the uh, lead of the dwarves, you know, handsome and such. And not really bumbly, or they made him very noble, and, you know, reclaiming the land. He looked like a little mini Aragorn or something right. like. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's like he's trying to reclaim the lands of his ancestor instead of just you know being you know, <laughs> you know, trying to to get the money or anything like that. I don't know. How, I, how long was it? Like, how long did it feel? God, you know, you know, I I, I drank. You know, I was uh, having a drink before. <laughs> You know, and uh, not just because I'm a Frenchman, but yeah, I had a, a, a few beers before, and God, in the last like the last hour, I, I had you know I needed to to take a piss, and <laughs> was it long? Was it long? The battle, you know, it's endless. It's fucking endless. <laughs> I swear, it's the God, end of the I movie. swear to God, you know, it's fucking endless. You know. Anyways, yeah, it's it's not a bad movie, but yeah, it's too long. The part with Radagast is the worst. It's just, you know, I'm, my God. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, really, you know, one of the cases where, you know, uh, more is less. And, uh, yeah, it, you know, honestly, more is less. So, yeah. That's too bad. Well, actually, it's not too bad. I don't really care. So. I, I'm, I'm soured on the whole thing that they're making The Hobbit into it. You know, you could, even by the time they're done with this and they bring out the special editions, you can read the book faster yeah. than you can watch the movies. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. that's ridiculous. 
<laughs> no, no. The, the thing that you know really saddens me is uh, fantasy. At uh, I mean, it it wasn't really you know uh, how to say it wasn't really you know shit. Uh, it feels like to me like they're translating it into like the most typical cliche modern idea of yeah. like Lord of the Rings fantasy or Skyrim, where it's like. Ooh, you know, this is all high fantasy and we're taking it super seriously. And it's like the Hobbit wasn't like that, you know? It's yeah. like, it's. Yeah, 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 pre yeah pretty much, yeah. The thing where is, it's like, you know, yeah, where it's like, yeah, it's this new, the fantasy 101, you know? Ugh. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, f f fantasy wasn't being really honored by cinema before, you know, like, you know, after, I don't know, there was Legend, there was, you know, Excalibur, but it wasn't really, you know. Uh, yeah. put forward by Hollywood. And now with a lot of the rings, yeah, they did a, you know, I mean, they, they had some good success and such, but they're sticking to, you know, their guns, you know, Peter Jackson is, you know, really staying in the same line of, you know, filmmaking. And I don't think he's really doing it any favor. And I think people are going to, yeah, they're going to, you know, go watch their bit and say, oh yeah, it's the same as it was before. And then they're going to drop it. Yeah. It's too bad because, you know, there's more to it than that. It's you're, a draw. You're, you're saying the, the fantasy genre itself is quite a bit broader than what Jackson Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, yeah, the genre has more to offer than this. Yeah. And, yeah, they are not going to be showcasing to people. And the problem is, you know, when people think it's just the same, then, you know, the public is going to go away and, you know, the genre is going to become, you know... I mean, you know, uh, very niche again. So well, then I they can go see uh, the Legend of Conan. <laughs> is that? Hey, I'm so confused. Honestly, hasn't there already been a Conan remake, or has that thing been like? Yeah, they did. They already did a Conan remake, which yeah. I did not watch, but my dad saw and said it was pretty disappointing. Even and going another in, one. Going... Is this a sequel? Is this, is this a this reboot is... of the reboot? What is going on? No, this one's going to have Arnold in it. Oh, cool. Conan. Is it called King Conan? It should be called Conan the Conqueror to go with Conan the Barbarian, yeah. Conan the Destroyer, and then Conan the Conqueror. And it should be an adaptation of the book Hour of the Dragon, also known as Conan the Conqueror. But, oh, I mean, nice. it's going to be... You're saying it should or will be? Should, should. <laughs> it won't be. Oh. It's actually, it's going to be... What they're doing is, the latest report I read, and this was a while back, was Arnold signed on to do it, and it's going to be a direct sequel to Conan the Barbarian. They're going to ignore Destroyer, which, you know, that's not such a bad thing That's yeah and, <laughs> yeah and they're just gonna they're basically gonna do an old conan story ah. which you know it's got a lot of potential it's a nice little return for arnold and yeah so we'll see it's probably gonna be bad though it's like but from the producer of like <laughs> fast and furious movies oh my god that's the oh downside <laughs> it's probably gonna at suck at least you can watch it in d-box do you have d-box in <laughs> california <laughs> isn't it Redbox? D-Box is when you watch a movie and basically um, you're, you're sitting in a seat that moves around. Oh, I haven't, like, I haven't even heard of that. Do they have that yeah, as like yeah. – it sounds like something they'd have at like the Arclight cinemas, you know? Yeah, yeah. You sit in it and like if, if you're in a car and the car is going over a bridge in the movie, your your seat tilts back and moves and shuffles around. It's so you can, get like a, you can actually get like a spinal injury watching a movie. Yeah. That's great. Speaking of which, I got a split or I'll get a spinal injury myself, so – I've yeah. got to head out. But you guys, obviously, keep talking. If you guys want to do questions, you go for it. If you want to talk about cell phones, do whatever you want. But i got to I I really like highlighting I, questions there. I will keep recording. Fine. All right. See you guys.
who knows? Well, we should just leave him something horrible to come back to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. So, uh, well, yeah, what do you want to do first? I mean, I guess. Yeah, let's see. What do we want to talk about? Uh, do you want to do some of the? Do you want? Do you have anything more to say about movies, videos? I've got a question actually. Uh, have you seen? You mentioned you liked uh, David Boreanaz on the series Bones. Now, are you a regular viewer of this program as? Oh yeah, I haven't watched Bones in like years. Honestly, I mean but, like two years. But I mean, like, how many like episodes have you seen or seasons even? I don't know. I stopped at season four or five. I think. Uh, you know, remember when the assistant of uh, Bones, like you Zach know, Addy. Yeah, yeah, Zach. He he became. Uh, I mean, no, nah, he didn't became, but he was. You know, he was. You know, he was. Uh, he he, uh, he got involved with. Uh, he yeah, got turned just, by. Yeah, spoiler cheating, such a thing. But after that, yeah, actually, he wasn't. Like keep you know said he they was, whitewashed but, it later too yeah 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 oh my god yeah yeah so I stopped yeah, around that time bad. like you know when the bearded guy who specialized in insects you know was like at his third you know breakup and reuniting with a Latino chick you know, who's hot and has big tits or something like that yeah oh uh, Angela yeah yeah pretty much yeah 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 that's it yeah um. Yeah, I'm now on season eight, so I've now lapped you. I've <laughs> yeah, you, season I've... eight. What wow, fuck? Yeah, hasn't this show ended? Hasn't this show ended? Actually, is still no? going on. It's still going I... on. New episodes. I... I'm gonna what? once I finish. I'm I'm almost to the Jesus midpoint Christ. of season eight, and then I'll be able to watch the new ones as they come out. My God, you know, yeah. my... wow. You know, I remember at some point. I think specifically when I stopped, it was the beginning of season when um what the fuck is it called you know the guy you know boone oh boone? Uh, boone there is no boone uh, booth yeah booth yeah sorry yeah yeah so the guy is uh like he's in a coma or something and he's dreaming that oh, he yeah. was married <laughs> that's you know, the that's... end of season four i think yeah 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 that's when i stopped so yeah whoa they always they always ruin the season finales actually it's always like some the the overall plot is like terrible, like they don't even care. <laughs> yeah. They it's like they don't want to go. It's like the opposite of how Mira plans everything. They like you know like it's just in the moment. Like we're gonna do whatever makes us feel good in this episode. Yeah, just being it. Yeah, and that's actually it's like I don't know like how much do you know about what happens later? Well, you know I think uh, Walter told me once that you know like it was uh it was implied the actually fact. You know, Booth and Brennan before the first episode of season one, like, you know, they had a relationship or just a one night stand and then they broke and then they met and they pretended they didn't know each other or something like that, something crazy like that. No, there was a, there was a pre, they did like a flashback episode where like they almost got together and they like, they kissed and almost got together and, uh, okay. and, and Sweets, the psychiatrist, was dismayed to hear this because he wrote this whole book about how they were secretly in love with each other and this sort of like ruins the whole thing that they had <laughs> okay. they actually had kissed and acted on you know these feelings initially yeah but anyway since you don't know like what's going on i won't spoil anything for you i, I can just see you coming back you're so excited <laughs> yeah is it any good i mean so the point is is it any good because it kind of bored me after a while it it it, it, it actually gets worse so yeah oh. i don't think <laughs> Well, the show. you know, I'll just I'll check it out after I you know watch The Wire and uh, Red Vagabond. You know, <laughs> yeah, sadly, I am I am watching it before The Wire as well. It's sort oh. of, you know, 
Me and my girlfriend need something else to watch, though. So maybe The Wire. Maybe I no. can get a vote. Because she voted for Bones. I was actually forced into it. And I used you, like, as mental, you know, probably. Like, <laughs> well, as watch, watch this. Maybe he still watches it. Maybe it's good. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I, I even watched uh, Mentalist, you know. Mentalist, which... Oh, yeah. Are you just saying, you like all those crime procedurals? Why well, you know, no, no, no. I, I don't like them, but they're right. Mentalist was fine, but it's, it's the same way it got boring, you know. I mean, I think yeah. I stopped the same thing around season four. It just, it just got boring. Most of the shows have the get the same will-they-won't-they they tension at the end of every episode. <laughs> yeah, you know, it just, you know, the characters, there's no renewal. It's always the same fucking, you know, you know. The order things go, it's always the same thing. The way things are resolved, it's always the same thing. Like the guy is tricking some other guys into revealing what's going to happen. It's very, you know, the problem is these shows, they rely too much on, uh, yeah, like you said, procedure. I mean, they're, they're called procedures for a reason, but, you know, the scenarists, the writers, they don't, they don't innovate enough. They just stick yeah. to the same formula, and it just gets boring to me after a while. It's, it's sad how, to the the degree they copy like whatever the current like trend is, where it's like you know like the new one is like the nerdy tech girl who mm. like dresses sort of gothish. You know, they have like yeah. one on all the NCISs, and it's always yeah. the same sort of yeah, thing. And it's like, God. wow, it's like this is just the same character but with a different this one instead of dyeing her hair black dyes it an unnatural orange you know it's like yeah. it's the same exact thing but you know, yeah I, I don't... I, yeah I watched NCS the original series for a long time I think I've seen you know seven or eight seasons and it's I think it's a pretty good show you know the, because the characters are likable you know, it's not like it's very original or anything. The characters are likable, and they, they they make an effort to you know, yeah, I don't know, well, to renew it a bit. But at the same time, it's the same way. You know, after a while, you just get boring. Eight seasons. You need to, you eight, need to watch Breaking Bad. Yeah, I know, I know, I, I need to. And <laughs> you know, I, some of my friends here in France who like. They don't know what the fuck, you know, they, they don't know shit, you know, they, they don't know anything. They're watching Breaking Bad and they're telling me about Breaking Bad. I'm like, fuck you. I'm my, my <laughs> real friends, you know, like my friends, you know, who I actually never see. So, you know, yeah, I'm a, you know, I know. But you know, anyway, these guys have been telling me to watch Breaking Bad for years. So fuck you for watching it before me. And the thing is, yeah, yeah. Well, I imagine know. how we feel. Yeah. <laughs> I know I need to watch it. I, I know, I know. But, uh, yeah, I have no time, you know, I'm too busy. Oh, you're too, too busy watching eight seasons of NCIS, you know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. No, no, my associate, <laughs> I'm gonna watch it just after, you know, after was the wire and, uh, and just after I read Vagabond. <laughs> after you read Vagabond. Yeah, I don't think anyone's yeah. gonna finish Vagabond, unfortunately. At yeah, the rate well, that, uh, it's going, like, there's some serious <laughs> burnout potential there. For yeah. the creator. Anyway, I guess. Uh, do you have any more TV things to say? No, or no. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I, I, haven't, I haven't even plugged my TV in, you know, since I moved. You know, like four <laughs> months. Ago, so yeah. Well, who watches TV on TV anymore? I mean, you know, you watch it on your computer or your phone, right? That's uh, how. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, all right. I guess we'll do some member questions. There's one that's really for. This is bad because it's basically for Walter, but you are you're plugged <laughs> in there. How are, how are the encyclopedia updates coming along, asked Joe Chip. Uh, here's my answer. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> you know, the encyclopedia is going to... I'll drink to, to that. Yeah, see, the new encyclopedia is going to come out when it's coming out. No, but it's just... Uh, 
many things have been going on in the world, you know, like what has uh, had a son and such. Well, no, the real yeah. answer is we're just lazy. So, yeah, we, we're just lazy, honestly. I mean, I could be doing it. I could be. I just don't want to because I'm fucking lazy. I prefer to be playing games. <laughs> this but, is uh, great. I can't wait till Walter comes back and listens yeah, to yeah, no, actually, his answers. We, let alone, got, you know, our our audience. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the truth is we've got some help from a member called M. And uh, she's actually done some pretty good stuff, you know, which I guess I might have even been doing myself. But I'm just, you know, I'm too fucking lazy. I, I can't, you know, I can deny it. So anyway, yeah, and uh, but there's still a lot of a lot of stuff to do. We we've got to rewrite a lot of material, and uh, we haven't done it. So I'm oh, sorry. I mean, you you know, if you need any extra help, I'm always here for you guys. I'm always ready to you know do. Yeah, that. yeah. I'm sure, the first but... to volunteer. First volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so... uh, let's see. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Nomad. He comes. <laughs> he comes in the clutch with some good questions. Embarrassing movie collections. Nomad writes, we all have one or two movies that we know are just bad in any sense of the word, but we still watch them and we still enjoy them. Let these titles be heard and explain reasons for the attachment. Do you have anything uh, in that category as? Yeah, well, you know, Citizen Kane and Metropolis are two movies which are pretty embarrassing because of their, you know, they're very pretty, old. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty bad, but yeah, I can't analyze them anymore. I can't explain it. I guess I just like these old, those you know. Are your, those are your... Uh, your guilty pleasure movies. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so just you know, okay. yeah. When you when you want to let your hair down and be into when you're not watching <laughs> NCIS, when you're not watching some yeah, serious, much, yeah. you know, when, storytelling. When I'm okay, I, I actually thought of an answer for this, and it's actually the Problem Child movies. I I used to watch those when I was a kid, and I loved them. And I recently <laughs> I made I make people watch like Child, Problem Child and Problem Child Two, and they look at me. And these are movies that, like, you think they're good because you watched them when you were a kid and you have fond memories of them. And then it's like you show them to, like, someone and you watch it objectively. Like, you sort of, you're seeing it through their eyes and you're just like, oh, this is terrible. (laughs) Like, and I've had that with the Problem Child movies, with UHF. Not so much with, like, Return of the Killer Tomatoes because that's actually, like, you you know what you're getting into with that. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, I don't know. Those Those are sort of the ones that come to mind for me. Yeah, it's pretty much when you argue that uh, Predator 2 is not not objectively a bad movie. And uh, people are like, you know, what? What? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, fuck you. I like Predator 2. No? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. I'm giving, I'm, gi- I'm being non-committal. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really like it, but, you know, it's got the Predator and it's got, uh, you know, Spear. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. His next question was, seeing as some of us has been out of the typical gaming schedules for X, Y, or Z reason even, I added that myself, give a short list of games that have changed or impacted your life as a gamer from oldest to newest. Uh, well, uh, Super Mario Brothers. Then I guess there was uh, Zelda 1. Then I guess uh, Metroid. Mm. Then I guess uh, it's going to have to get shorter pretty soon. Secret of Mana <laughs> and uh, Super yeah. Metroid and uh, Super Mario World Zelda, you know, three because I refuse to call it a link to the past. You know, fuck you. And just uh, let me know when you get to Metal Gear Solid Four, one of the best games of this generation. Oh God, you know, Dark Souls, Dark Souls. I'm going to insert for Warzone. Dark Souls is the best game of the last twenty years. <laughs> 
I actually wanted to ask Walter about, like, if he, like... Because it's, like, it's obviously sort of a new game, and he's recently just played it. Like, I always wonder about that, like, when I play a game and I'm into it. Like, I don't know if, like, I want to know... I, I have to ask him, like, in a year if he still likes Dark Souls as much as he likes it right now, basically. No, honestly, Dark Souls is a, is a really, really good game. Oh, I'm and... sure. I, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's just excitement No, by no means. I just wonder if it's, you know, because it's hard to tell these things when you're talking about, like, well... greatest games, you know, the best yeah. of the best, you know. Obviously, there's an advantage for the one you just played. So it's, you know, but uh, there's so many other people that are vouching for it, and it's, you know, it's got such great, you know, reputation. I don't no, doubt how good it is. Yeah. No, knowing but him, I, I think want... uh, I think he might be a, a bit enthusiastic at the moment. And I think he'll stay enthusiastic about it. But what I think about it objectively, even though it's a really great game, I still think Mass Effect is better. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I think he's a, he's a bit over-enthusiastic about it. But, yeah. It also I'm... doesn't help that the last Mass Effect game anyone played was 3. And, you know, that... <laughs> It didn't end well for, <laughs> for yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I still haven't even played the, you know, uh, like enhanced ending, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just get to that after the wire and, you know, Vagabond and uh, Break <laughs> yeah. Bad. But I did, yeah, you know, I never, I didn't play the new ending either. That's the sad part is it was all like, I basically watched them on YouTube. That's not a way to, you know, sort of experience your game ending. That's another another point against changing your ending later. Yeah, it's like, you know, that, that's just weird. But yeah, it's pretty much the same. I just imagining you know a new ending yourself. But you know, you know, yeah, whatever. Anyway, you know, Dark Souls. Is a I'm just imagining. I will. I'd like to, my Mass Effect three ending to have Sovereign in it. So I'm just going to imagine his voice <laughs> echoing throughout the. I am the vanguard of your destruction. <laughs> yeah, through the Citadel. <laughs> but uh. Let's see the list of short list of games that have changed or impacted my life. Yeah, I guess I have to go with the way you started with like Mario Brothers. Obviously, is what got me into it. Like, I can't really vouch for. I had an Atari when I was a kid, but I mean, those games were just such shit that I couldn't even figure them out. I mean, it was like I wasn't. I think you have to be like, I don't know, seven or eight to even figure that out. When I was, you know, that age, and I was too young, so it was really. Uh, it was yeah. Mario. And then probably, I guess, games that really made an impact. Super Mario World. But those, still, at that point, games aren't really, you're not even, like, developed where you're like, you know, oh, this has impacted my life. I don't even think you think about your life that way. You know, I just sort of played it and, and, yeah. and had fun. I think Final Fantasy VII, as much as I hate to say it, is probably the one was where it was like, where you're thinking, oh, this game is changing my life, even though it's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, but, but that's how it felt yeah. at the time. So well, I would... Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a bit, I was going to say, it's a bit exhilarating to talk about, you know, impacting your life. You know, I mean, that's, well, yeah, that's like talking about, like, the, uh, there's going to be a generation of people that are going to be our age one day talking about how Twilight changed their life and embarrassed, yeah. you know, like, with yeah, I, At the same time, I remember many people on the forum saying Berserk changed in life, you know, like, oh, yeah, ever since I you know, read about Berserk, I've been, you know, like, lifting, you know, like crazy, you know, pumping up iron, you know, like guts and such. And I'm just, you know, maybe, dude, maybe you're taking it a bit too seriously, you know. I mean, I, <laughs> wow. I, you know, I, I'm not the one to say so because I, I'm taking Berserk pretty fucking seriously. But you know, I remember some people I've been, you know, I don't know, maybe a bit too intense about it, you know. Like, you know, yeah, I don't or know. It's just the, well, you know what? I don't even take that seriously because it's like those 
I think that's someone who just wanted to, you know, work out anyway. And this was like motivation. I mean, I've, I've, there have been times where I've like been exercising and I've been thinking, you know, you just think of something like, oh, Musashi's 70 man battle during Vagabond. But, you know, it didn't, <laughs> like, it didn't drive me to that. It was something I was going to do anyway. So, to me, though, Berserk, it's interesting because that really has changed our lives, like in a, in a very practical, you know, way where it's like, you know, the, just doing this podcast, the way I check the forum, my friends, you guys, just, you know, my, you know, my schedule, literally like my reading schedule, things like that. It's really impacted my life, you know, arguably yeah, more than yeah. anything. So, yeah, we can't, you can't can't say anything bad about someone who says that about berserk because <laughs> yeah because that would really be that would be, be more than any game uh, berserk has changed my life and not in a not in a you know like oh it's made me see some greater philosophical no just the fact that you know i've dedicated a lot of time to this so yeah i guess that's forget the game question berserk has changed our lives more than anything <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Except fucking yeah. yeah. is in the process of ruining my life, so I guess it's going to be the last <laughs> game. It's going to be the end because I'm going to be dead when I'm done playing the end it. End of days. So, it's ruined my family. Even like my mom hates the game. My girlfriend hates the game. My dad <laughs> and I both play it, and he's like, he's level. You know, you won't even understand this as, but he's like level sixty something in of Paragon levels. There's only so many people that have gotten to a hundred, especially like in hardcore in the world. And I'll just stop. It's like it's a it's a really pathetic endeavor. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't understand it, and I don't want to. Yeah, and I don't think anyone listening understands either. No one talks <laughs> about this game. Let's move on. And I'm yeah. sorry, I'm probably speaking very closely. <laughs> Walter's going to put on his headset, and I'm going to blow his ears up. Let's see, Tamachan. Do you think Guts will end up fighting all five God Hand members in the future, or just a few besides Femto? Maybe some will be dealt with by other characters like Skull Knight versus Void. Well, I think he's going to be fighting just a few, like three or four, aside from Femto. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I don't, I don't even know that it mm. seems... It can, I guess it could go either way. Obviously, Slan, he's got unfinished business with. Yeah. So, you know, she's a good candidate for someone that he'd have to face off against. It's strange to even think of anyone else being, you know, worthy, in a sense, of fighting other than Skull Knight. And even, you know, I don't know. It's strange for me to think either he has to fight all of them or it has to be something where, I don't know, they die off, you know. Yeah. It, it's a weird thing. It's hard to imagine him fighting all of them, and it's also hard to imagine anyone else fighting them. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Could, I mean, it could just be him and Skull Knight fighting them. That seems the most reasonable. Yeah. You know, together. So the thing is, you know, uh, is he going to be fighting, like, can we imagine Gus fighting, like, Locus, Grunbelt, Rakshas, Irvine, yeah, all Zod? together, you know, Zen? those are the ones, he has to get through them first. Yeah. Then, then he gets to fight, you know, Conrad, Ubik, Noslan, Void, Femto. Well, you know what, Skull Knight could just turn upside down and kill Conrad and Ubik with the same strike. <laughs> <laughs> that could be that could yeah. be the end of them. Get, bam, that could bam. Be with yeah, why not? Why not? You know, I mean, uh, yeah. Skull Knight is, you know, he's, he's the greatest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the ultimate <laughs> fan service sort of sense yeah. of this quest. Imagine, like, Guts and Skull Knight, you know, back to back, you know, surrounded by the God Hand members, you know, covered in blood already. <laughs> Just, that would be the... I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah, well, I wouldn't mind either. But you know, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, honestly, I, I don't know if they are really going to end up fighting all five of them at once, or not even at once. But you know, back to back, it might be a bit 
I don't know. I think it's going to be more subtle. You know, in the end, yeah. I think uh, the end won't be like I, I don't see guts. You know, fighting an army of apostles and fighting each apostle, you know, lieutenant, you know, one by one, then fighting each member of the golden until he reaches Griffiths. You know, like you said for a joke, you yeah. know, you know, fighting all of them at different level of the Falconian pagoda. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I I don't see it happening like that. I mean, it's, it's too you know stereotypical. So, you no, know, actually, I would have to say I don't think they are all going to be fought. You know, one by one. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, maybe you know if there's if they have like if you know Mira comes up with some you know sort of like final apocalyptic you know battle. Yeah. Where you know this can just be this stuff can all just be happening. You know, maybe I mean for all we know the god hand will be dealt with by some, you know, like giant natural dragon with a witch riding it or something, you know, who knows. <laughs> like, you know, di- or killed by dinosaurs. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, the four kings of the world, you know, the Basically, you know, yeah, they're gonna fight off camera while we watch Guts and Griffith face off and probably Skull Knight and Void. Yeah. That is yeah, until I... Griffith, you know, delivers the final blow to Void and redeems himself. That's... <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't even want to get into that. <laughs> Guts, I, I wanted to tell you, I, I always love you. <laughs> We're friends now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he talks like that. Not appropriate at all, but anyway, I guess that answers the question. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he'll end up fighting all five Godhead members. Nah. Or even, nah. I don't know, it's hard, I think... I could see him having to, you know, get rid of Slan, but then again, you know, Shirke and uh, and Farnese give them something to do. But then, yeah, it's like it's hard to even imagine anyone else fighting them. It's gonna, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's gonna be more Slan. like you said. It's gonna be more subtle, and it's probably gonna be a little more chaotic, just for the sake of, uh, I don't know, making it, you know, reasonable. Because we can't, you know, there isn't gonna be like ten super fights in a row or something to end, you know, the series. It's just not yeah. that kind of, you know, there's lots of fighting in this story, but it's not, you know, that would become weird. It would be like Dragon Ball or something. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's, it's yeah. just not it's just not that kind of series, you know. Just like, it's not like Farnese is going to be fighting as, you know, Slan and uh, Sapiko, you know, you know, showing yeah, off against, you know, Rakshas. No, Irvine. Yeah, or Irvine, or whatever, market, you know. Work it here, Irvine, Serpico. It's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's gonna happen for a very simple reason, is that Serpico can deflect the arrows with his, you know, wing cave, yeah. so. They, they already have the powers that are, you know, like, that are a match. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I guess that's, that's it for the user questions, unless, uh, do you want to do the one about the duck? Oh, yeah, well, I'd rather fight a thousand, you know, uh, duck-sized horses, because you know, duck-sized horses would be fucking weak. Horses are pretty fragile uh, as it is, so yeah, it's it's uh, it would be pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, really, Whereas, you could just sweep your feet and they'd be done for. Yeah, pretty much. Whereas a, a, a horse-sized duck would just you know gobble you like you know like you're just you know I don't know a flea or something like that. So. Oh yeah, it could swallow you whole. Like, yeah, could suck you down without swallowing, just gulping you. That'd be horrible. Yeah. Uh, this question is from Johnston team, by the way. Though I've heard variations of it uh, elsewhere. Yeah, it's a pretty it's stupid, pretty question. popular one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's popular. I, part base. of me, like the the hundred. I, I guess you're right about the like you said. You know, if like 
Yeah, it'd be easy to just sort of sweep your feet. You you don't even have to kick them in the body; just their legs would break. You yeah. know, so easily. Yeah, just you know, stupid. I don't know. I mean, people are pretty stupid, uh, you know, in general. So I guess it's not surprising we get this question. But yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I like the idea of planning, you know, strategizing for the horse-sized duck, like how I would get it in the neck, you know, and like cut its head yeah. off or whatever. Uh, but yeah, so I guess we're both going with the 100 duck-sized horses. Yeah, of course. So uh, let's see. Unless, uh, unless, what else do we can we talk? About? We can talk about my we, cell phone. Yeah, I was going to say, of course. I mean, you know, we we keep the the best for the last. You know, he's the fucking yeah, you know smartphone. The first smartphone. The Droid DNA, which I can tell you're keen on me getting because you you keep coming back to it, and I think I understand why. It's just because I let me. This is was my final sort of guess on why you were keen on that one because it's got the the 1080p and it's the only one with that. Yeah, it already sort of it gives me like a a, a head up, you know, going a leg up going forward, I should say, when you know the Galaxy Four comes out and it's going to have that and everything else, you know. That that's yeah. why, right? Well, if I if I could give you advice, it would be yeah, sure. I mean. If if you you know in an ideal world, I would say wait for the Galaxy Four. Galaxy S Four is going to be, of course, the best. But the thing is, you know, Galaxy S Three came out in May of last year. I mean, yeah. of this year. So May, it's been a while already. The DNA came out, you know, relatively recently. December, I yeah. think, or November. So, so. Yeah, November, I, I think. So yeah, it's uh, or maybe early December. So yeah. It, it's uh, more recent, so that, that's why. Just you know, by default. Yeah, I so would, that in know, you know, like a year and a half, I'm not like going like, oh, this thing, you know, is terrible. But now it looks like I can't even. I don't even know if I can get any smartphone because they, they, Verizon, my company, they try to just totally rape your wallet on smartphones. They charge you completely separately for you know, like the talk and text and the data, where it's like yeah. they're basically charging you fifty bucks for each, and it's like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, well, the thing is, you know, uh, actually in France here, we've got a company with co- which is called Free, which is, uh, they, they are pretty crazy. So they are doing, you know, right now they have uh, two euros, you know, uh, you know, subscription. So it's like two dollars. And for that, you get like two hours of talk and uh, unlimited, you know, uh, text messages and with no data. And for just like a dollar more, you get, you know, some data and whatever. So the thing yeah. is, you know, Data is everything. Data is, you know, I mean, nowadays, you know, voice and, you know, text messages are nothing. Because people yeah. don't, people don't really, you know, don't really talk that much with their phones anymore, you know. I mean, I, I myself don't use my phone, you know, so much for talking as for data. So data is everything. But, you know, $90 for, you know, one gigabyte of data, you know, I mean, what the fuck? What the fuck, man? Yeah. It's a, it's a scam. It's, it's a fucking scam. I pay... I don't know. I pay like you know something like twenty five bucks for. Uh, I've got two gigabytes of data, unlimited talk, unlimited text messages, and you know uh, MMS, which is you know picture messages or whatever. So yeah, I mean that that price is just not proper. So I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe you should change career. I mean, I've I've thought about that. Like the I I guess I have to find a good middle ground because I've. Metro PCS, like, they'll give you a cheap deal, like, something like $30 for your service a month with two gigs of data. 
Yeah. Is what I found. But the problem is, is they don't give you any deals on the phones with your plan. So, yeah. you know, the, the best they have, I'd have to get a Galaxy S3 because they just got that. But it would be, I'd have to pay like $500 for the phone. What the fuck? What? Yeah, $500? Over... Jesus Christ. Yeah. How many, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's insane. Like the way they do it. They either, they try to make either all the money on the phone or on, if they don't make the money on the service, they try to make it on the phone. Yeah, of course, yeah. Well, so... the thing is, the phone, I mean, it costs that price, you know. These devices are extremely expensive because they're, they're top of the line. I mean, even if it came out six months ago, it's, it's really top of the line. It's it's got more technologies than your PCs got, you know, but you know, yeah, yeah five hundred dollars is just not. I mean, it's not reasonable. It's ridiculous. So, but there's got to be another way, man. I mean, you you you, you can't pay ninety dollars a month for no. a, a, a that, that's for one G. If I, I I could get two G for a hundred. Oh, yeah, that means. <laughs> Yeah, the point is, you know, it's just not worth it. I mean, it's not, it's not worth it. I, I, there's got to be another way. There's got to yeah, be another so, way. Yeah, so I don't know. I either, I'm, I mean, I do the math either way where it's like, you know, I add up the cost of the phone versus the monthly cost. And for Verizon, they it has to be a two-year plan to get the deal. Because, yeah, that was like, I was I told you how I was interested in perhaps getting the, uh, the Razer Max, the Droid Razer yeah. Max. Because, you know, to me, it had, like, a lot of the things I wanted. The only downside was the screen was a little bit, you know, a yeah. little below par. And in a, in a year or two, when, you know, like 1080p becomes standard, you know, it would really look bad, you know, by comparison. But still, for free, it would be fine. But then the deal is so debilitating where it's, like, literally, like, wow, like $1,200 a year. You know, like, that's insane. Yeah. So I have to just even look, you know, I have to find another way to even get any kind of smartphone. Or I could just continue to play Angry Birds Star Wars on uh, Tina's cell phone and uh, be perfectly happy with that arrangement. Or Spider Solitaire. Now, the thing is, you know, you know, the phone, yeah, the phone is, it matters, of course, but, you know, you, you have to find a, a proper, you know, subscription it, it has to yeah. be you know reasonable reasonable that, that's the main thing is you know it do- doesn't matter what phone you have you can get a phone which is a bit you know subpar or whatever you can you could get a galaxy s2 you know galaxy s2 is a great phone still it's still great yeah but the thing is you know you need to get a subscription which doesn't rip you off because yeah. uh at these prices it's just ridiculous you, you have to get something i don't know i mean you know Data, you know, one gigabyte of data is is fine. If if you manage it well, if you've you know got Wi-Fi connections, you know, at your workplace and your home, you know, then I guess it's fine. You you're just using your data connection when you're commuting or when you are some friends' places. Yeah, but you know the thing is, you have to get something which doesn't just rip you off. I mean, I I don't know. I I would say you know forty bucks max. Maximum price, you know, forty really? bucks. Really, I don't think I don't. Think, the only way I could get that is that you know, Metro PCS or Virgin Mobile are the cheaper ones, because they really they really act here like they're I don't know Verizon. Like it was funny too when I call the guys. Like I call the Verizon store, and I ask them, you know, if they have the Droid DNA. I asked them if they had a bunch of different phones so I could come and check them out. And of course, they have the Galaxy S3, and they have the Note 2, and they have the Razer Max, but they also had the DNA they said down there for me to come check out, which even though it said online only on their website. So, 
that made me really excited and I thought, oh, well, I'm, I'm gonna get the DNA then just cause like, you know, it's, it's even the one I wanted irrationally, like besides yeah. your recommendation. Even when I read like the bad things about it, I was still like, but that one just looks like the one I want, you know? <laughs> it's like, it's just something, you know, just on a very stupid level, I want this one. In addition to like, it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be neat. And it would have been the same price as the Galaxy or, you know, even much less than the Note 2. And then I called about the plan, you know, the next step to see, like, what I could upgrade to. I figured, I was thinking, you know, you said don't go over 40. I already pay 40 just for the basic. And I was thinking, like, you know, it'll probably be, like, 20 bucks more, you know. And I thought that was, like, a ripoff because it's, like, it doesn't, you know. Obviously, it's not, like, overhead for them that, you know, oh, we got to raise the price, you know, so much. I mean, that's bullshit. It's just... And ninety to a hundred dollars for you know two G ninety for one G and the guy was a dick too on the phone. I'm asking like basic questions like so there's no way to what if I get a shared plan? What if I do this? What if it's oh that costs even more? <laughs> you know like I was like what if I limit my minutes you know and my text because it's like I I can budget how many I need and they don't even offer that anymore. I guess because it's like you know they sell you unlimited everything even if you don't need it you have to pay for it. Mm, and, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, and it's, it was just a nightmare. He was like, oh, it actually costs more to get limited, you know, numbers of things. It's like, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, well, but, you know, the thing is, I, I come at it from my point of view, so I'm used to, you know, the prices, you know. I mean, my country, maybe maybe it's just more expensive in general, you know, in the USA, but, you know, I it just seems to me to be, you know, very expensive. I mean... You know, you're paying like almost a hundred bucks, you know, just for, for what? For, for not much. So, I don't, I yeah. don't know. I, I think, I mean, you know, you know, keep in mind my wife pays two dollars. I mean, maybe three dollars if you convert or whatever. She, she, she gets, you know, two hours of talk, unlimited, you know, text messages. And she can connect to Wi-Fi and such. So, she doesn't need data. So, the thing is, you know, for two dollars, she gets you know already two hours of talk, you know, unlimited you know text messages, and data is you know via you know Wi-Fi and hotspots. If I pay you know fifteen dollars, I can get one gigabyte of data, unlimited talk, unlimited text messages. Mm. You see, yeah. so so it's just you know I I don't know for, you know from my point of view it's just you know ridiculous. Ugh. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just the market here. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's very expensive, you know, especially with my carrier. And they're they're a good carrier. Like I've, that's why I have to consider. Like I might not even be able to get a smartphone because I can keep. I probably can't even get this plan again. I'm like going month to month on it, and it's basically I'm grandfathered into the plan I have. And I, I'm, you know, like I see on their website all of their, you know, basics. Like oh, fifty dollars for our most basic plan. And it's like, ah. And I, I remember when the iPhone came out and, you know, everyone heard, you know, like, oh, they charge like a hundred bucks AT&T for their plan, you know. And everyone, I remember everyone thought that was ridiculous, but I guess the joke's on them because everyone is like paying that now for all these smartphones just to have them. Yeah, Even if they don't have a good one. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the thing is the carries in the USA, you know, they root everything. So... You're pretty much fucked. I mean, you don't have a choice. Yeah, you don't have a choice. I mean, I don't know what eight eighteen is. Uh, you know what? What they, you know the prices are, but you know you're probably not going to be able to get. I I don't even know what 
what plans you have are uh, you know available in your country or or such. I uh, mean, the best I've heard is uh, the metro the metro PCS plans, where you yeah. can get like you know the the da- basically what sounds like what you get reasonably you know in your country just for like thirty to forty dollars you know where you can get the unlimited talk text and you know however much data you want to pay for. Yeah, you know I, I, that's the only place I've heard of it, but the 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 rub there is that you have to have the phone and you have to pay full price for it. Yeah, the thing is here. Uh, the, the, you know, the subscription where you get to pay the phone the full price, it's like $15 a month, you know, and you get everything for, for free pretty much. Wow. What about Sprint? You know, you get Sprint in a state? Uh, yeah, Sprint is, like, I haven't looked into them, uh, but I've heard that they're expensive. I've heard that they're one of the pricier ones. Well, so honestly, I, got- I, I don't really know, honestly. I just, I just know those names, but I don't know, I know. I'm on their website now checking the uh let's see here. You know this is good. This is exciting radio for everyone. Yeah. I, I don't th- this is this is going to be I, I don't I can't imagine like Walter even listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say what this, this is going to be outtakes Yeah, or... yeah it's, it's going to be you know cutting this through because it's just boring to anybody. We're, we're but... just talking on the phone now basically about <laughs> Yeah, <something>. pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> We can relax, but uh, yeah, I don't know what their their plans are, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still I'm hoping to stay with the Kara. I'm hoping that, like I I mentioned in the podcast notes, actually, to see if I can tie it to like my family's plan and see if I can get yeah. a reduced number that way, where it's like, oh, we're paying, we're already paying so and so much, and this is just a part of it, and if that'll make my part of it very small, and I'll see if that that works. That's sort of my last hope for getting a DNA or anything like that. Because, yeah, for it's amazing, though, because it's like, no wonder they give out the... And I actually thought going through Best Buy would make it cheaper because they sell you plans and, you know, with various companies and phones. And then they, they were the ones offering the Razer Max for free. But I... And I clicked on them and they're like, oh, do you want a unlimited talk and text and, da- you know, plus data plan for uh, 40 bucks? And I was like, okay, here we go. And so I click on it. But when I click on the smartphone, then it's like, oh, well, you need to get a data plan with this. And I thought, well, I thought this already had data. And they're like, oh, no, that's just like, you know, you know, like text pictures and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it wasn't the data plan. The data plan is an extra $40 on top. And I was like, so it's $80. It's the same. It comes to the same. It's 10 bucks cheaper than just going to the Verizon store. So, uh That's when I started just thinking, like, wow, well, I guess I'm not going to be able to get, like, the droid DNA or even the galaxy on here, unless I could like, you know, find one in the street and then go to, you know, Metro PCS and have them set it up. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, you know, I wonder. Yeah. You're good. You're going to be fucked. You know, I mean, I know I might just, I was excited. I was excited about the, the DNA. I was excited about my, my new Reaper ringtone I was gonna have for it. <laughs> oh, it's a shame. It's all, <laughs> it's all going away now. I'm gonna end up using, you know, like some old, you know, free phone, dumb phone. <laughs> it's, I'm, it's I'm surprised. Yeah, honestly, I'm surprised they, they make you pay that much, you know. I mean, it's, uh, $90, you know, it's, 
It's very expensive. Very, and, very expensive. And, when I, and when I'm talking to the guy on the phone, and it's like, I'm a customer. My family, you know, are customers, good customers. And I'm telling you, I'm looking for all these ways. Like, well, what if I do this? What if I do that? And the guy's like annoyed. You know, I can tell on the other, like, like I'm a beggar. You know, <laughs> like, you know, no, it's going to be a hundred dollars no matter what you do. <laughs> it's like, wow. Okay. I'll, I'll leave you alone now. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, was, uh, yeah. geez, uh, for, for that price, in just six months, you've got a new phone, you know, I mean, that's a full price, so it's, it's pretty crazy. Know, it, you know, it would be, ultimately, it would be cheaper just to, like, buy the Metro PCS Galaxy 3 and go with their cheap plan. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then basically I mean, just use that, you'd basically just keep that phone for, I'd use it for 10 years or something. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Actually, I can't. You know, here with the, the market is a lot more competitive. Uh, you've got you know people are really you know they're going at each other's throats you know to try to get more customers. So you know the prices go down. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. It feels like sort of an oligarchy here, where it's like you got people like you've got the big ones who are in charge and who sort of all—it's like they've all—it's like collusion where they've made a pact that they're going to all charge a hundred dollars a month so that none of the other guys are you know competitive, and I, they can get away with it because iPhone, you know, set the standard, I guess. You know, that's yeah. everyone's sort of first idea of a smartphone, and so they're just competing with them and trying to take their customers. So it'll be maybe we just haven't reached the point yet where uh, they're trying to whittle it down as much as possible. Maybe yeah. the, the Galaxy S3 being on Metro PCS is you know the beginning of that. Hopefully that'll change things. Yeah, well, you know, given what you're telling me, I think you ought to go with uh, Metro PCS and try to get. I don't know if you get you know the Galaxy S3 with their you know subscription or try to get another phone for cheap. And just you know, tie to them, but yeah, yeah. Get, get the cheapest subscription possible. I guess I could just get like an unlocked old cheaper phone. Like if I got an S two and you know got an unlocked one, and they could you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think that might be the best option. Get an S two unlocked, and you know, just tie to them. Yeah, it might it might work. Yeah, but yeah, that's it's depressing though. I'm I'm still I'm hoping this is sort of the last day. I'm gonna really sort of push to try and, you know, see what I, where I can go with the DNA. I might even go down there just to see it and torture myself, you know. I already got to handle the Note 2, which was, you know, which, yeah, it was clearly too large. It would, it's, it's almost embarrassing. <laughs> it's like, really, you bought this, like, computer for your pocket? Didn't you just need a phone? <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah. I told you it was really big, and yeah, it is. Yeah. It was impressive, but it's, uh, I was actually, since I still haven't handled the, uh, the, the DNA yet, I've actually read that the, the DNA is like sort of more impressively constructed. It seems more solid. Like, yeah, um, it's, like it's, that's what I've heard anyway. Well, boy, it's not surprising, you know, uh, nowadays phones get, you know, lighter and lighter. The one I have, the Lumia, you know, 920, is very, I mean, it's not very, but it's heavier. It's heavier than, you know, these. And, you know, because it's heavier, it feels, you know, more solid, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, these phones nowadays are lighter and lighter, you know, they are made out of, you know, of course, plastic, you know, some kind of, you know, composite materials, but it's, it's I don't understand why they're so, why the, because there's an emphasis on this. I understand the emphasis on, like, not being, uh, not being big, 
But the lightness, I don't get, because to me that just means it, it feels more fragile, whether that's true or not. Yeah, you know, people, you know, honestly, I think people are just generally getting stupid, you know. Like, you know, you know, a phone, you know, three years ago, it was, you know, uh, such weight, it was fine, it was light. You know, three years later, it's the same weight. Oh, God, it's big. Oh, it's too big. Oh, what a big <laughs> deal. You know, you know, I, you know. You know, what are people, you know, thinking? What are they doing? They've become, you know, it's just ridiculous. So, in the same thing goes for weight, you know, height, you know, size, dimensions. You know, people are like, oh, this doesn't fit in my skinny jeans. It's like, yeah. you know, no phone, no fucking phone skin, you know, fits in your skinny jeans, you know. Nobody no, wears. I don't, I don't want to have any lump in. I didn't bring any. Reminds me of Jefferson Darcy from Married to Children, another fantastic show you missed out on, you know, on par with Breaking <laughs> Bad, <laughs> and uh, where you know he didn't bring any money because he didn't want any unsightly bulges in his pants, you know, or his jacket. <laughs> it's sort of like the mentality people have, like, yeah, I didn't bring my wallet because I didn't want that ugly like bulge in my pocket. <laughs> like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, he's, a, he's a, yeah, he's, he's exactly this kind of stuff. He's. Uh... People are just, they don't get it straight anymore, you know, they don't get it right anymore, so, yeah. But anyways, I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, you ought to stick with uh, Metro PCS and uh, try to get a phone as cheap as you can, as good as you can, but, you know, I mean, don't, don't pay a hundred bucks, you know, a month for a subscription. It's yeah. just, it's, it's not gonna be worth your, you know, your wife, so. Well, th- that's the show, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we're like, we're both, it's funny, I'm actually, I feel like I'm catching up because I'm like almost done with my second 24 ounce can and all I had for like breakfast was like Pringles <laughs> and a glass of chocolate milk. Nice. Yeah, it's my healthy lifestyle that I lead. <laughs> and yeah. I guess I'm, I'm going to try to get the phone after this. I've actually got a few things. I've got, a, I'm in the fantasy championships of my fantasy football league. Another thing you'll instantly relate to, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean you. Oh, well, I'm in. I'm in three myself. <laughs> yeah, um, you fucking, you know, crazy Americans. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm very bummed out because like the one of the players I started left the game with an injury almost instantly, and oh, it's oh, very oh, costly. Oh. Yeah, very costly. That's like points just down the drain. Anyway, I guess we're should we do a show wrapper that uh, Walter can edit in or something where we say yeah. goodbye? Mm, so, yeah, yeah. Well, well, see that's you, the show. It was very good. Yeah. See you later, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I don't think that was very effective, but I mean, yeah. it's better than nothing, I guess. For yeah, him, so. yeah, pretty much. It's, uh, it's it's something. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, I guess we'll have to send him a PM to find it at the end, or else he won't know. Well, if he just left his recorder on, it's gonna he's gonna have hours of like blank tape after this. Yeah, pretty much. What well, I think when he, when we end the call, the call, you know. Uh, oh, that'll give him a timestamp of sorts. Yeah, or something. Yeah. Well, do you have any <laughs> other uh, phone advice for me, or is that pretty much all we can say on that? 
Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, uh, you shouldn't get, you shouldn't pay too much for it. It's just a phone in the end, and the games you're going to play on it are just, you know, shit games anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. Where, I mean, the thing I was looking forward to is like, oh, Mass Effect Infiltrator, but it's, you know, it's going to be something that's <laughs> worse. It's like a way worse version of Mass Effect 3, which I could play on, I can play it on my own 1080p monitor if I really want to. Yeah. So awesome. it's like, you know, why I'm not going to spend all this overhead, you know, to play a worse version of it. So yeah, I guess I'll just have to settle for, for Angry Bird Star Wars on her crappy screen. <laughs> yeah, well, I just think it's on it, honestly, you know, I mean, gaming on smartphones is, you know, yeah, some games are good, but mostly just you know shitty stuff. So you could yeah. say for the birds. <laughs> Yeah, you're not going to, yeah, just don't waste your money. Don't waste your money for this shit. How about the, like, I didn't understand what you meant because you brought this up on a few podcasts ago. It was about the, uh, and let me know if you just need to go to bed or something and I'm, I'm keeping you on ah, here. I'm fine, I'm fine. I just have to, you know, I have to, you know, set up a, some furniture, you know, after that, so. Well, okay, well, this is the last thing that I want to talk to you about is, uh, it's just the the price difference of, like, there's... Because I saw that on her phone, it was like, there was thousands of free games you could get, which, you know, most of them are probably no better than the free Flash games you see on the internet. Of but course. it was still, you know, a ton of these free games, and some of them actually looked quite good and quite professional, and it was just, these were actually good games, or at least, you know, fun little phone games that you could get for free with an ad on it or something like that. Whereas on our on our little handhelds, like whether it be the 3DS and I'm sure the Vita, you have to pay a premium even for the crap. Yeah, is the problem where you know even like 1.99 is about the cheapest you can get anything for. I think on the 3DS, maybe like a dollar twenty or like the cheaper applications, but nothing is really under a dollar. There's very few things like that, and none of it very yeah. worthwhile. Whereas there's plenty of things that only cost a dollar on the phones, including like, you know, you can get like the Dead Space phone game, you know, for a dollar I saw on uh, on her phone. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's just sort of a, I guess I wanted to ask you, and you were asking the same question about sort of the, the way the market needs to adjust on, you know, like the 3DS and similar consoles. Well, the thing is, uh, for downloadable games, you know, yeah, the, pro- the price on the 3DS uh, right now is a bit uh, too expensive. It's too high, you know. Even for games that are not too bad, you know, they're like five dollars. They have to be, you know, maybe you know one ninety nine, you know, instead of four ninety nine. Yeah. But the thing is, phone games, you know, the vast majority, like you know, ninety nine percent of phone games are pure shit. Yeah, like the, the, the games, you know, you know, on my games on my phone right now, I, yeah, there are many games I could play for free. I'm not playing because you know, just you know, they're just you know, they're not even they're not they're, even they're, they're worth the price of free. It's what yeah, it yeah, down. yeah, pretty much. I mean, they're not even bad, but you know, I just you know, yeah, a game where you move, you know, you're just red and you move and you shoot, you know, zombies, you know. So I don't give a shit. I don't care. It doesn't interest me. So yeah. they're not bad games, but I, I'm not interested in them. And that's the thing with you know smartphone games is that most of them, even they're free, I don't really you know, care. I don't care. You know, it's, it's the same gameplay. It's, a, it's not very interesting. So I think there's a middle ground that has to be reached. Is that you know games for like the 3ds have to you know 
go down. But at the same time, games for smartphones has, you know, I'd say more effort has to be, you know, put into them, more, you know, resources, so that they can become more valuable. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. You know, you know, it's not just a matter of, uh, you know, controls or, you know, input, you know, buttons and such. It's that most of these games are not very good. You know, yeah. Some are some are pretty good, but you know when you think Angry Birds, Angry Birds Star Wars, you know we are talking about that. But Angry Birds is one of the best games for smartphones at the time, you know, and it's not a very good game. You know, it's no. just a ripoff. Of, it's, it's it's a ripoff of a free flash game. And the thing is, you know, many you know games, you know, which can be had for uh, for example on Steam, you know, for a few dollars, you know, on a mobile, you know, platform, they would be worth a lot more. But people don't put the effort into them. So, you know, when I think about FTL, for example, that game, you know, which is just you know, I, I you know, Walter offered it to me on uh, on the computer, but it's maybe worth you know four dollars. Yeah. You know, you put that game on, you know, uh, cell phones, it could be, you know, sold for quite a few bucks and it could be done using, you know, uh, touch screens and such. But, you know, it, it takes a lot of investment and people don't, you know, invest in this. So, yeah, it's a matter of investment. Yeah, you know, I guess g- it's just because the technology, because I mean, the technology is there. I mean, these phones are so yeah. powerful. But yeah. it's like it's almost like all the, ga- the what I've noticed is a lot of the games are either designed just to be cheap, or they're designed very much to just be for show. Like it's all graphics. Like oh, yes. look at these graphics, but the gameplay is very rudimentary. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You, you, all of these games, you know, yeah, they've got nice graphics because the, the smartphones can display better graphics than the 3ds. You know, and yeah. soon, I mean, the, the DNA, Droid DNA. Displays better graphics than the fucking, you know, PS Vita, you know? <laughs> because that, that whole technology goes, you know, it doesn't stop, it doesn't wait. But the thing is, you know, yeah, it displays better graphics, but what's the gameplay? Gameplay is inexistent. Yeah. So it's not, it's not very interesting, it brings nothing. It brings nothing to the table. And, uh, yes, yeah, so that's the problem. That's the problem is that, you know, so far, you know, there's a problem with input, with gameplay. You don't have buttons, you don't have physical input. But beyond that, you know, the games themselves are very rudimentary. And, you know, you made me think of something when you mentioned the uh, FTL port to phones. Is I thought of a game, one of the best games of this generation, that could be ported to phones and I think, you know, could be effective is Infinite Space. Yeah, like cool. I, I feel like that game could easily. I mean, it basically it, you basically just used the the stylus. You could just play it with your finger on a phone, and it would work. And it would be and it's a great game. Very you know, lots of depth. And that's yeah. the kind of game that could be you know used on a phone. But that you know, it's just no one wants to design a game like that for a phone. It seems like yet, and that, yeah. that's the problem you were discussing. This, the thing is, if you sell a game like that for a dollar, you know, ninety nine cents. You know, you, you could sell, you know, I mean, 10,000 of them, 20,000, 50,000. You're not making, you know, you're not getting your investment back. Yeah, for the research and development, basically. Yeah. You're not paying for the development of the game, you know. So, you know, if you have to sell, you know, like, you know, 500,000 or a million, you know, you're not going to make any money. You're not well, going the to Angry sell- Birds people made plenty of money. I noticed 100 million downloads. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, yeah, yeah, they made a lot of money. And for what? They ripped off, you know, a concept which already existed. They just yeah. skinned it, you know, with some birds and shit and like that. Yeah. 
there, you know, the investment was not that high, and they were lucky. They were lucky, but how many games, you know, weren't? That's the thing. So, yeah, the problem is, you know, it as time goes by, as, you know, uh, you know, platforms become more and more, you know, how to say, you, you need to make, to, to put more money to, you know, for better graphic engines and such. You know, it becomes harder and harder to make games, you know, that uh, require that don't require a lot of money to invest at first in order to launch a game. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, like, you make a game for the PS Vita, you need to put a lot of money in it, into it. You make a game for a smartphone, you put less money, but at the same time, the price has to be so, so low that you're not guaranteed to make your money back, even though you put a lot less money into it. So, it's a very, you know... It's a very difficult road to walk. Well, I even noticed even, like, the top-of-the-line company, like EA, I guess they've got the Mass Effect Infiltrator, they have the Dead Space game, even though it's like, it seemed at their full price, were, like, six ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, like, Yeah, so is that, like, top, you know, and, you know, for six ninety nine, obviously, they're not going to invest too much money into yeah. a game they can't make that much, so it really comes down to if there's ever going to be... You know, is any company ever going to say we're going to make a forty dollar, you know, no. iPhone game? Yeah, never. You know? And you know, six ninety nine. People are, you know, outraged about it. Outraged. You know, people are. You I, know, I was going to buy this game, but then I saw an ad for it, and you know, I feel pressure. So yeah. no, I'm going to pirate it instead. You know, I was. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. And, and you know, the, the games that are most expensive on uh, on iOS, for example, or Android, are you know, games from Square Enix. Scoring, you know, they're going to release games. And some of them, I think, are $12. And people are, it's, it's better not rage, you know, people are just, you know, flabbergasted about it. They're like, fuck, what? What? You know, because they're used to getting something for free. Yeah, because, you know. Or it's, it's interesting where, because, yeah, like on the, I was thinking, like, whereas on the 3DS, you know, it's like, hey, check out this game that's in stores that's not very good. You can get it for thirty nine ninety nine, and it's like, oh, okay. Oh, what about this one? It's been out for six months. It's still thirty nine ninety nine. <laughs> it's like you know, yeah. It's like the price is always full price, and you know, I've noticed that with like Nintendo, like they're still selling the DS version of like Super Mario sixty four and New Super Mario Brothers for like forty bucks, like thirty five, yeah. forty dollars. And it's just like, oh my, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna hold my breath waiting for the price to come down anymore. And it's sort of like there needs – I guess there needs to be a middle ground on these phones where, you know, people won't start rioting when the game is over, you know, $5 or even 99 cents, you know, where it's like I saw that on all the top pay games. It was all games that were like 99 cents, one ninety nine. Of course. Of course. So, you know, on smartphones, people are used to like a game which is premium, a game which is really, 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 you know, above, you know, the rest. It's like one dollar and ninety nine cents. That's you know, that's the top of the line. But you know, on the other end, you have Nintendo, who is, you know, it's not just them, but it's just general state of the industry. Yeah. They didn't get the memo. Like Steam introduced, you know, sales, sales for games. You know, finally, like a game which is over six months old, nobody gives a shit. Nobody's going to buy it. You know, for forty, forty fucking bucks. So you know, drop the price. Drop the fucking price, drop it to ten bucks, five bucks, whatever, Christmas sales and such, and then you make money. And so there's one side of the industry that didn't get the memo, you know, that doesn't understand you need to put games on sales and lower the price, and there's another side 
who's just you know, selling games for you know dirt and doesn't get that you know premium and they're, games. Yeah, they're they're making dirt, you know. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, you you don't, you don't make good games with you know you know shitty prices. It's just not possible. So there's you know there's a middle ground that's got to be reached. But you know, yeah, it's not. We are not there just yet. But I think Steam is you know helping in this way that. It's a middle ground. You've got games that sell for a good price, and as time goes by, they get lower and lower. It's it's a logical, you know, uh, evolution. Yeah. Like a and game. You know, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to. There's a logical evolution. The game comes out. It's you know priced you know as a game which just came out. Then you know a few months later, there's a sale. It's you know the price drops. Then the price drops more. Then two years later, the price drops. And five years later, the game is sold for two dollars. Yeah, because that's how it should be. You know, like I just I thought you know for Christmas I offered my brother you know Sims City Four Deluxe, and yeah. he's having he's having a blast with it. It's Sims City Four. It came out in two thousand three, so it's been almost ten years. It's an old game, yeah, sure, but you know he's having a blast with it. It's, it's still a good game. Like I bought it for two dollars, two dollars fifty actually. Sure. So the, the point is, you know, some games are worth, you know, two dollars, but you know when they came out, they were worth, you know, forty, fifty dollars. And the same way, a game which came out today comes out, you know, you know, it, it it's uh, priced at, you know, like you know, fifty bucks, and you know, in five years it will be, you know, four bucks. The the point is, you know. You have to be reasonable about it. A game costs, you know, money to develop. At the yeah. same time, as it goes, you know, old and old and old, you can't sell, you know, Super Mario Brothers, and you know, for ten bucks, you know, nowadays it's just, it's just outrageous. Yeah, where it's like you're basically you're selling the legacy or something or the brand or nostalgia. You know, it's like I'm, I'm not paying for this game that's you know twenty five years old. I'm paying for the idea of Mario and, you know, my my childhood and everything. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't need to play this again, you know? It's like, it's just like, yeah. oh, I need to have it on. It's just like you're paying because you want, like, it's like getting a badge, you know, to put on your, your 3DS. Like, I've got Mario on here, you know? Isn't that cool? But it's like, yeah, it's just, it doesn't hold water. And I was thinking when you were talking about this, is some company, and you mentioned Steam, and so maybe it could be Valve or something, they're they they're gonna see this void, you know, on the cell phones where you can like if you can come in and cheaply import a bunch of really really good games and have them be like maybe like they're two ninety nine but they're the you know they're all like the basically the best games you can get on a smartphone and you know fill it up where you know it sort of change the market and change the dynamic of how it works where people see that you can get these better games because they can run on the phones it's just that no one's no one's sort of going to the trouble because of the market. And maybe if someone came in and just sort of, you know, incrementally, you know, moved that price up and, you know, found that middle ground, you know, where pe- a price people would be willing to pay and where they could make a ton of money off it, that'll, you know, really change everything. Because, I mean, you have to think eventually. And, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, as you probably know more about, like, the sales of not only the smartphones, but, like, the 3DS and the Vita and where that's going. You know, where these things are all going to meet in the middle someday and all sort of be the same thing. And I'm actually shocked with my 3DS is, like, how unfriendly it is towards, you know, like, and for, you know, I mean, silly reasons and maybe some reasonable ones, you know, communication. Like, you and I and, you know, Walter should be able to communicate with our 3DSs, right, and chat and play games together easily. But it, it isn't that. Like, you know, I don't think we've ever played a game together on there. Yeah. Well, or it's like, why isn't that the norm? 
Yeah, yeah, why they've been slow to adapt. Honestly, they've been slow to adapt. And the thing is, you know, there have there hasn't been many, in, you know, I mean, much incentive to for them to adapt, you know, to the new uh, state of thing. The, but uh, I think eventually they'll be forced, you know. I mean, they have already been, and if they don't adapt, you know, fast enough, they'll be, you know, they'll end up getting fucked. But, yeah, you see, for example, uh, you know, I'm thinking about a game called Ghost Tricks. Ghost Trick, you know, came out, you know, uh, on uh, the original uh, Nintendo DS a while back. And for 40 bucks, and then it came out, you know, on, uh, iOS for iPhones for a lot less. And that game is really great. It's a really great game. It's, it's a game was, that was made by the people who did, you know, uh, Phoenix Wright, which is a touch-based game, which was, you know, uh, I mean, originally it was really for the GS yeah. games. Yeah, it was released for yeah. uh, game, game Boy Advance actually in, you know, originally you know, on, in Japan, but then it came out for the DS, you know, in uh, Europe and USA. And Ghost Three came out for the DS, you know, uh, you know, also in the rest of the world. It's a really great game, and you know, a game like that for you know iOS, it's one of the best games you you've, you you can find there. It's obviously it's very very good. Mm. And you know, the more of these games you bring to you know platforms like that. The more you can, you know, say dominate the market, because you know yeah. those other games, you know, Angry Birds and such, you know, these games are not going. Angry Birds can hold up because it's got a, a good concept, but you know, all of the, all of the other games can't hold up. So, so they, you know, serious, you know, studios, you know, come to these, you know, platforms, they can really kill the existing, you know, uh, 3D platforms and such. But the thing is. At the same time, like I said before, the cost of development, like for the Studios, you know, the Vita, is so high, so high. They can't make their money back selling, you know, for you know, ninety nine cents on an iPhone or you know anything like that. It's just not possible. Yeah, and it just, uh, I don't know. It's I guess we'd be remiss if we didn't mention. Uh, I was thinking of Plants vs Zombies. Because I noticed that was on the iPhone, and that's a game that's on, you know, basically every platform. Yeah. But on, you know, like the 3DS, it's like seven ninety nine for like not even like not even the good copy, like the one you get in the cartridge, but like you know the they've got like a DSiWare version that's really pared down, and I I haven't played the smartphone version, but it's only ninety nine cents, and it's going to be something you know comparable, I imagine. But yeah, it would be interesting to see someone sort of you know fill. It's not even a void now. You almost make the void by putting, you know, like you said, games like that that you know can sort of dominate because they're so they're on a different level. Yeah, it basically you know takes things to another level and where people demand a different standard of quality. And you know it'll just yeah I guess it's interesting because right now it's basically you know all casual. And yeah, then yeah. You've got you know the one you know here and there you've got sort of the anomaly that's like you know hey this is like a real game. Yeah, of course, but you know, like I said, the thing is, you know, you got on one side people who say, you know, analysts and whatnot, they say, ah, oh, the smartphone, you know, the smartphone is going to kill the handheld, you know, console and such. That's actually bullshit, but <laughs> on the other hand, you know, it's true that uh, these platforms are, you know, uh, showing a more, you know, what's a competitive side to the industry where, Indie, you know, developers 
can sometimes, you know, uh, overdo. You know, I mean, you you take a big developer of it like you know EA. They don't just you know release good games. Sometimes their games are shit, and you know, an indie developer can release good game for just you know two dollars, and it can be really good. So you know, it brings a, a competitiveness that wasn't present before. But at the same time, a game that really uses big graphics, you know, uh, high high level gameplay and design, level design, whatnot, is is going to cost money, and you know that money can't just you know. You can't make it back making, you know, just, you know, pricing a game 99 cents. So, like I said, that's just a middle game. You have to reach and it's not going to go away. You you can never, the handheld console is not going to die with the 3DS, you know. The 3DS is yeah. going to thrive. It's going to thrive right now. It's going you know, through a bit of a drought, you know, period. That's not many games coming out, but you know it's going to be solved. You no know, more games will come out for it. I, I'm not too worried about that, and it's going to you know enjoy your life after that. For the next generation, we'll see. We'll see. You now, as time goes by, you know smartphones become more and more powerful. Tablets, you know, now come on. You know, tablets and you know laptops are going to you know merge to become you know one uh, one platform. So yeah. you know. In a, in a few years, in four years, I, I wonder how it's going to be. You know, that, that's when you know Nintendo is going to have to really, you know, get their shit together. Sony, I, I don't think, I don't even think they're going to release a uh, handheld after Vita. Vita is such a disappointment, such a failure. That I don't think they're going to keep, you know, going in that direction. I, I'm actually surprised that you know, they kept going after the PSP. Because the PSP, yeah. so the PSP didn't sell so bad, but it was a failure in many it was, ways. It was mediocre at best. I mean, by reputation, yeah. and you know, it it got you know the, the worst part. It actually get, got many good games. You know, games. You yeah. know, like PSP games that were readapted for the Vita. You know, like you know Final Fantasy Tactics. They were all redone for the Vita, but. Yeah, in the end, it didn't sell well. It didn't sell many games. It, it wasn't very successful. And so, yeah, and so Vita is just, you know, it's doing terribly because it's priced, you know, it's too much. And the games cost too much to make. That's the thing. That, you know, to, to make games for the PS Vita cost too much money. And that's also one, a big part of it. You know, people make games for smartphone. It, it doesn't cost them much. You know, to make games for the Vita, it costs a lot to game. To make games for the you know 3ds also cost quite a bit, so that's also another aspect of things. Is you know you 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 know make a game doesn't cost you much. You can sell it for ninety nine you know cents. You make a game that costs you you know millions of dollars. You can't afford to do that. And if you you price yeah. it you price it much, if it doesn't sell, you you tank. Your studio is dead. You're dead. You've got death. You go to your prison or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, it's it, uh, it's not the same investment. I was just thinking, maybe the Mega Man creator could, you know, <laughs> make some games that don't work. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, I'm trying to think of what else I was going to say on this topic. Just, I don't know, it's just, it's a matter of when, when everybody catches up and, you know, where everything lands. Because, yeah, like you said, it's like, it's weird that they, they sort of doubled down with the Vita after having yeah. limited success, you know, where it's like, you know, they were, you know, I, I guess it's sad because it's like they're still relatively, you know, tell me if this is off base, but they're relatively 
doing the you know the the 3ds isn't you know what the ds was in popularity or sales and the vita is you know doing worse than the psp but there you know i guess what i'm trying to say is sony couldn't have you know wanted more for the 3ds to sort of you know not be as strong as the ds but they're you know they've proportionally gone down in popularity with their new system you know nothing has changed except that everyone's making less yeah well of course yeah yeah the Vita actually had potential, you know. Even, even I myself at some point, you know, saw that the Vita had, uh, say, a window of opportunity to, to make more money, but, and to be more popular, but you know, Sony didn't play it well. So, as the thing is, Sony is not doing too well financially. So, I think, uh, I, I think they're not, you know, I don't know where they're headed, but, uh, I'm afraid, you know, if you're a fan of the PlayStation brand, uh, I'm not, you know, what's a, uh, I'm, I'm happy I'm not in your shoes right now because I don't think he's going to be, you know, doing too well, you know, going forward. Honestly, they've got the PlayStation 4, you know, which is going to be releasing, you know, I mean, maybe in 2013 or 2014. If it doesn't do well, I'm pretty sure Sony is going to tank. I mean, Sony is not going doing well at all. You know, their yeah. their TV, you know, uh, their TV, you know, uh, section, you know, division is not doing well at all. Their hi-fi division is not doing well. They've pretty much nothing doing well except their entertainment you know, division, which you know uh, is you know the, the video game you know division. So if the PlayStation 4 doesn't sell, they're dead. Ugh. Well, that's yep. interesting. Yeah, yep. Everyone's always worried about, myself included, worried about Nintendo. But, you know, yeah, well, we I mean, take it for granted that Sony's been having problems. with. You know, it builds up where it's like, oh, well, you know, the PlayStation 3 had some problems, but they, they figured it out. And But if you keep releasing systems that keep having problems like that, yeah, you know, whereas you know, hmm? Nintendo is they are playing it safe. Yeah, they're having problem, money problems, and such, but they're mostly playing it safe. But Sony, yeah, Sony's not being very successful for a long time. A long time. The Walkman was a long time ago, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, that's, that's the truth. And so I don't know what you're talking, man. The PlayStation Two is the best system that's ever been out. It's the most <laughs> successful one that's ever been released. I think by the numbers. <laughs> like, the problem you is, you know, yeah, they, they were lucky with that, but uh, you know, the luck, you know, doesn't last forever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, honestly, they're not doing too well. I I, I wish them the best, but. I'm not too confident about, you know, what they're doing, you know, especially since the people they put at the top, you know, like, you know, Kaz, Hara, you know, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm not very confident. I, I'm not, you know, yeah, I just, you know. Is Nintendo actually in something of a can't lose position? Because I'm always worried about Nintendo's future and, you know, it's a popular thing to, you know, doom and gloom. They don't get it. You know, they're going to fall behind and get killed and become a software company or something. Whereas... Sony is, I mean, their only competition in Japan. There's no, you know, Microsoft doesn't have any foothold there. I mean, are they pretty much, you know, sitting pretty? Because it's like, I'm worried about their future. But if you look at their, you know, their present, you know, or their near present, the near past, the Wii and the DS are the most successful, you know, consoles of this generation. 
right? Yeah. I mean, that's fair to say. I mean, even the yeah. even the Xbox, you know, you could say that one was the best, but it wasn't. You know, it was a. It's an American success. It's a you know a European success. It's not. It's not in Japan. And yeah, yeah I mean, it, I don't know. I think even the, the Wii did the Wii outsell it like just you know top to bottom. I mean, just outright. Yeah, yeah, the, the Wii outsold the PlayStation. It's a, uh, you know, Xbox 360, of course. So the 360 is now, is, is gaining back, you know, some, you know, uh, some numbers, but, you know, overall, the Wii still, you know, is the one that outsold all, uh, all the other consoles. And, uh, the thing is, Japan is, you know, losing relevancy as a market, you know, as time goes yeah. by. It's, it's becoming weaker and weaker, and meanwhile, the USA and of course Europe, you know, are, are gaining strength. And uh, yeah, yeah so you guys are even problem. getting some deals we aren't getting, which is just blasphemy. It's out. It's outrageous. <laughs> it's like yeah, a seven ninety nine cell phone game. I won't stand for it. <laughs> finally, finally, we are being acknowledged, you know, as as a world power. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, yeah, <laughs> never, Sorry. never should the name PAL be more important than NCIC. Yeah, she doesn't even exist anymore. I'm not even sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this, yeah, honestly, Japan is becoming less and less relevant, and uh, as time goes by, you know. What matters is, you know, global success. Global success. And, you know, Sony has, you know, is getting... They have more and more trouble getting it. Nintendo is, you know, being cunning, trying to reach, you know, a wider market. I feel like they... they I mean, everyone, well, this isn't even my feeling. I mean, this is just sort of the consensus. They sort of, with the Wii and with their... You know, they sort of became like the Apple of, you know... At least from a marketing standpoint, they tried to become, like, the Apple of, you know, video games, where it's like, you know, you get the people that, you know, hey, it just works, you know? And they get the Wii for their kids, and the kids are like, but I wanted 1080p graphics! <laughs> and the parents are like, what? <laughs> but this works, it's fun, you know? It's fun for the whole family. Even if yeah, it's, you yeah. know... Yeah, even if, just... you know, after everyone buys it, they, they stop playing it. Yeah, there's that aspect, you know, is, which is, uh, you know, nice design, you know, and, and whatnot, but I don't know. Well, I don't know, I'm just, you know. Should I take a cue from your, you know, audibly yawning <laughs> to, to wrap up our Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna joke like... about Inafuni coming back for the Japanese market, you know, part of his motivation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, He's gonna take it back, anything. but anyway, yeah, I guess we should wrap it up so that you know Walter. Yeah, <laughs> can we've, 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 been, we've been going for like an hour and a half since he's left. So. Oh, I just I just enjoy talking to you, my friend. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, me yeah, as well. Beyond the the program, so yeah, I guess you know we're we're done. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when we we lose our host. You know, he he tells us when to stop usually. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we just keep talking. You just tell us to move on, otherwise, yeah, we just, you know, rant on and on, ramble. Yeah, just, the, no, the well, I guess we're done saying anything relevant. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> well, what have you got for us tonight? You said you had, uh, what to do, was it? Yeah, I I have to, you know, assemble some furniture. Got oh, okay. I, yeah, I guess I'm going to attack the the phone front again. Yeah, you gotta get, you know, 
get it done, see man. What, see what I can even do. Yeah. Like, it's not looking good. Well, with this camera, you know, subscriptions, you know, attacking a hundred bucks, you're pretty much fucked. Yeah. Well, I'll see what I can do. I mean, now that I've got a few beers in me, I'm I'm ready to negotiate. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck you. Fuck you. You know, that's bullshit, you know. <laughs> Just tell them, you know, I won't pay it. That'll get you far. Yeah, you can you can get the money from you know I'll just hold up you know like the free cell phone like I'm either gonna keep this or you can take more money or I'm gonna go to Metro you know and and then they'll just tell me goodbye and I'll be gone. Yeah. So yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Anyway, I'll let you go. As <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, well, I'm still available on GTalk if you want, but you know, yeah. My God, you guys are still here. Yeah. Holy fuck shit. yeah. Return of the King. Return of the King. We're still here, man. I, mean, I, I just came here to make sure it was still recording, and it is. Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, we're, we're done. <laughs> we're, like, you know, we're finally disengaging. Oh, wow. <laughs> we're recording more than an hour of bullshit, man. More than an hour? I'd say so, yeah. What, what, what did I miss? Uh, <laughs> our last. We, <laughs> we had a big cell phone talk. You might actually be interested, uh, like, as when, like, and I went into, like, a pretty good gaming talk just about the state of the market, cell phone games, smartphone games, the gaming market in general. That might be interesting. No, yeah, yeah I've, I've always wanted to be, you know, entertained by my own podcast, so that'll be cool to look forward to. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. And we, I think about 40 minutes ago, we, we did a sign-off for you. If you want to do a fi- an official one with all three of us, that would be better <laughs> now at this point, now that that one's kind of irrelevant. Well, thanks for sticking with us, guys. I know it's been a long episode, but <laughs> thanks a lot. This feels really disingenuous. Yeah, I thought you sounded like a pro. Just you went right into it. I'm good at faking things like that. It's my job. Yeah. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of the show. I've been here the whole time, and it was very entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually uh, I'm looking at the episode 333 thread, thinking about how I'm going to respond to Azil's post, but I think he pretty much hit every high point, so... You rock. As usual. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, guys. Well, uh, I guess uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Yeah? Yeah. The end. Yeah, and actually... because we were actually joking that we couldn't end the show because, you know, we need you here to tell us when to stop. Uh, well, I'm, I mean, according to my recording device over here, we still have... 5,334 hours left we could record on this hard drive. So we got some time. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for carrying the show, guys. I just had to spend some time with the kid. And I, still I don't did. know where we took it. It might not have, We might not have carried it anywhere good. So. Yeah. I'm sure you did good. But uh, i got to head out again anyway, so. Yep. See you guys later. What, Azil, isn't it like midnight over there now? Uh, yeah, it's about time. I mean, I was, I was like, as was yawning, and I just kept babbling on. Mm. <laughs> wow. Okay. We'll see you later, guys. Later. Yeah. Ciao.